0: Warning: This program typically features respectful, nuanced, and well-informed commentary, strong language, obscure pop culture references, and spurious allegations. Yeah, Aaron, so, if, you yeah. Look, if you look, out in this, <laughs> in, this,
1: in this, crowded field at the moment, is there anyone that kind of resonates? Any anyone that's like Maduro-like that resonates with you? Is there <laughs> no. someone that's like ah, that's what a, cheap a shot. that's no. <laughs> that's by <laughs> the way, way good ball buster. buster. By, by the way, that good was buster, absolutely a cheap shot. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we know of new methods of attack.
2: The
0: fifth column. Greetings and welcome back to another exciting installment of the fifth column podcast. This is your almost weekly rhetorical assault on the news cycle, the people that make it and occasionally ourselves. It is April 3rd, 2019. I'm Camille Foster. I do all kinds of important column. and remarkable things at Freethink. It's just called Freethink. That's the name. name. I'm delighted to be here because Matt Welch, editor at Large Reason Magazine, in the building Michael Moynihan Also in the building He is the uh, Wait We've only really been me. doing this For 300 episodes. Don't tell me yeah. Don't tell me Yeah. National correspondent For yeah. HBO's Minister Vice we News Tonight Or for Vice News Tonight On HBO Yeah Yeah I mean you, I, I don't, you can good. do it either way That's good Of course Our, our very good friend Anthony Fisher Is also here uh, Anthony Fisher Is the politics editor At Insider Yeah we got that This is oh. Insider oh. Yeah no I'm very very excited To be here Gentlemen How the hell are you? Uh, right you know up?
3: I don't know. Somebody told me that this is the three-year anniversary this week. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Fool's Day. April Fool's Day yeah. was 2016. Uh, yeah. so huh. Three huh. years. Look at that. Three Look years. Look how far we've come.
1: Huh. It, was, it, was, it was this time in 2016. It was pre-Trump. that we did this? Well, I
4: mean, Trump had escalated down into our lives. Yeah. Uh, the
1: yeah. Previous. But he wasn't the president. So he was not, he was not the president. This? No. God, I no. don't remember that. He officially, did we did talk
0: about before? We spent a lot of time talking about Trump okay. the possibility of him being the president, people freaking out about the possibility of him being the president, me yeah. saying that I, I won't make any prediction either way. Yeah. Generally being right about things, I'm sure. Yeah, whatever sure. was going on. You know,
4: well, I, now that I think about it, like I became editor at large the next week.
0: That sounds about right. More too. or yeah, less. Yeah, yeah.
4: Right? definitely
1: no coincidence there. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. starting
4: to like the, the pattern. You know, I'm yeah, like yeah. Uh, like I'm, I'm like Rachel, Rachel Maddow with a <laughs> yeah. tick tick tick. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like I'm I'm <laughs> seeing
4: the connections here. Wow, just,
1: I don't even think the show that I'm working on now didn't wasn't even on the air when
4: we started. Yeah, I did, you were doing I, like the politics of life. What was it called? The business the, the of life.
3: Yeah, well, it's like of, Michael
4: Moynihan telling you how to live your life. Well, like, well, first of all,
1: that first of all, it, 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 it <laughs> yeah, well, these are the questions I can't answer, right? Um, I signed an NDA for that. I was just like, why the fuck are we doing the show? But, you know, I did a season of it and then somebody else did another season and it tanked. Yeah. And the reason it tanked is because I didn't do the second season because I was really something else as well. a <laughs> host. I really was really not great. Did we ever talk out loud about why you didn't do the second season?
4: No,
5: and I don't think we're going, going, going to. Okay. Yeah. That's a story. <laughs> yeah. well,
0: well, before we go too much further, I do want to introduce our guest because we do have someone in the room with Oh, us that's today. who that is. Is it Mate? Whatever you want. No, no. You got to give me. I it, say Mate, how but,
5: I, but I'm Canadian, so okay. I, you know.
0: Yeah. I think Aaron Mate is He's fun. got yeah. the yeah. accent. That's fine. Yeah. Brooklyn-based journalist, formerly of the uh, Real News Network, formerly uh-huh. of Democracy Now!, regularly contributes to the nation and various other publications and notorious For trolling the shit out of people on the internet And saying, haha, fuck you, I was right Victory lap um, About the Trump-Russia collusion conspiracy Situation. I'm being a little bit ridiculous There, (laughs) but I'm delighted that you're in the room Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming Uh, I, I was trying to remember how we met And I think it was Something along the lines of You know, we were walking down the street. Uh, We bumped into each other. Our eyes met. I wasn't Mm. really sure. You weren't really sure. (laughs) You were just a girl. Misconnections. And no, I'm I'm confident. Misconnections. I'm confident. I saw something. You were right about Russia. Yeah, you were right about Russia. (laughs) I was. I was also right about Russia. Um, And I thought to myself, "Oh, this is nice." And we became friends. And we had lunch. And we had. I had like some sort of gyro pasta thing. And we had a very pleasant conversation. Nobody gets a shit, Camille. <laughs> like, it's like, like they, they. I mean, is it a euphemism because he's telling us the fucking order. Well, I don't want mean, to come out. I don't want like, to come out until he's comfortable with that. Yeah, no, but I know. I think you just did come out. It's, it's cool. It's cool for you to. It's cool for you to be here. I, I figure we'll probably talk a little bit of Russia collusion stuff, um, but. Yeah, can I kick it off with the Russia collusion stuff? Because yeah. I, well, I, I, no, no, I got can can I do anything. give a little pot, palate cleanser before we? What's go a, there? Palate a palate cleanser? Palate cleanser before what, from, we you the I got to clean the palate from your own shit. <laughs> yes, before we get oh into the shit. Okay. I just wanted to say one thing. Yeah, uh, one. Uh, I I love that it's our anniversary, and in honor yeah. of our anniversary, I just want to say it's we talk a lot about politics here, yes. and that's fine and good. It's good, but it's it's true that there are other things of great significance and importance in the world, and I've been spending a lot of time reading Max Techmark and a number of other brilliant minds pondering, a lot of existential questions. Oh, God. He's I'm thinking the about he the got incredible. A, yes. So this is literally
1: the conversation the that Jim Jones had with his daughter. <laughs> he's like, happened. I'm going to Guiana.
0: I'm just saying that there are a lot of profound Jesus human Christ. accomplishments that yeah. ought to be contemplated. There's much more going on in the world than <laughs> just politics and the news and the shit the media is covering. You're oh.
4: right. Baseball it's, season started. Yeah,
0: that's not really what I mean. Okay. I mean, like using the basic tools of mathematics to decipher oh, dear God. the circumference of the earth our distance from the sun, i did, the size I think, of the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't the
4: Aztecs like? It's buy, it amazing. That shit, like, I just want to say like I'm just I never saying,
1: thought that you could hear the sound of people unsubscribing. <laughs> like
0: but I, it's a lot. It's like a lot of clicking. I'm just saying the world is a marvelous place. I believe the children and are the I want future. us. <laughs> I want us to work together and come together yeah, as fuck's sake. man and woman, yeah. woman and child. I was I was trying to do something. This is better.
1: almost like a Michael Jackson song. By but the way. <laughs>
0: Russian collusion. Yeah, Michael Moynihan. Well, in. I was going to say this. I was
1: going to start us off. We
0: talked about this this way. Past. Yeah. Uh,
1: by the way, um, a long time ago, we did talk about Finding Neverland, and we I did. got I got uh, a little bit of shit for that. But it turns out that uh, the skepticism was correct because the, one of the kids did more vi- this more victory no, no. shared it with us. Yeah, the James uh, Safe Chuck. Uh, said that he was like in the uh, train station that he had. Like this is amazing. He's uh-huh. in the train station. <laughs> Good God, uh, it's like Casablanca, but like pedophilic. He's in the train station when he was b- being blessed with it, and it wasn't built yet. Yeah. So the Ma- Michael Jackson people, I just wanted to point out, are having some sort of victory and pushing back against the HBO documentary. I'm not saying
0: that this <laughs> means anything. I'm just saying I'm going to point that. Out. I was I was aware of this because I keep getting anonymous texts. Emails, not phone calls yet, but mm. I'm sure it's soon to follow from people who I presume listen to the podcast who are telling me, Camille, MJ yeah. is innocent. <laughs> yeah. MJ is innocent. Look at this. Look at these. He's new definitely facts. not innocent. So before yeah. you sent that text, uh, they had sent that text. Uh, to yeah,
1: them. I would. They. Yeah. By the, the greatest thing is I saw it in Australian, <laughs> an Australian newspaper. And it's like a straight Australian news source. And you can look this up. You can be able to find it. And in the middle of the article, because it's Australian, they referred to the documentary as a doco. I'm not not joking. I will send it to everyone who's like, you know, the Michael Jackson doco. Can't believe it. Lying. Always all of it. <laughs> what happens when an Australian and a Canadian
4: talk
5: to each other? Like, is oh, it God. is it
4: the same language? Wormhole, That's, that uh,
5: you know there, we are obviously part of the Commonwealth together, but there's there's a lot of divergence too. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think we sound like. I'd like to—I mean, for the sake of the Australians, too, I think they have their own unique flavor. you know, I don't think yeah. the Canadian thing is— uh, It's a sub-language. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's a silly thing. By the way, I wanted to say— We have
1: Australian uh, fans and, and and guests, so one guest in particular. I won't make fun of Australians, but I love you that's guys. True. Love Jacko.
5: Well, but, I wanted to say I, I think Jacko. one of the worst mistakes one can make is to speak about Michael Jackson. Publicly, because you'll get the fans, the fans yeah. are hardcore. core oh will come God. after you. They're crazy. They will come after you. They go
1: nuts after yeah. you. Like they like they're vigilant on Twitter. Yeah. And by the way, when I said Australian and I said I love Jacko, I was talking about Jacko, the Australian, not Michael Jackson, <laughs> the blonde guy with the flat top uh, who is a former Australian league football star who um, uh, had a couple of pop songs in
3: the 80s. Does anyone know what I'm talking uh, about? Nope, kind of. Not I, even a I, bit. I was hoping that you would go somewhere with Yahoo Serious. No, he's
1: uh, part of it, but uh, he's disappeared. But Jacko had a had a song. Uh, I'll, I'll put <laughs> so uh, this is the the start to the Russia thing. I was okay. getting off the train. Yeah. And I got a news alert from the New York Times. Uh huh. And it said, "This is for Aaron," was the head of the news alert. And it said, "Some this is the headline." I haven't yes. read the piece yet. Yeah. I haven't yeah. read the piece. <laughs> Some on Mueller's team see their findings as more damaging for Trump than Barr revealed. That's the headline from... I think probably 15 minutes
3: ago.
4: Yeah. I read so the first seven paragraphs. That's a uh, lot of paragraphs. Which got which gets you to the point of saying they declined to share any details of why they think there is a diversions.
1: So we know what Rachel Maddow show is going to be about tonight. <laughs> right? No, I mean, everybody yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. has already jumped, uh, jumped all through it. Like uh, uh, Virginia Heffernan, who we've mentioned here on the on the show uh, previously uh, who, who did that uh, interview and in, uh, playboy that we were talking about with What's Seth Abramson? Yeah. Seth Abramson, yeah. your, um, your high school buddy, she the ha-
1: opposite of Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> she has uh, she
4: has already said that this that this thing vindicates yeah. uh, her tweets right before
0: right yeah. about a source thing- who was telling her that the that the report is going to be very damaging to Trump. Much yeah, more I mean, I, mean I, I, I
4: I think that it's and we've said this before. But I think it's obviously that the report is going to be more damaging to Trump than the bar summary is. Uh-huh. Of course, it is because it's because a report. It's a report. going to have details. And yeah, the details course. are going to show that the president is a shitty liar who hires shitty liars around him and makes a lot of terrible decisions and lies about them all the time. Uh-huh. Yes, that's going to tell you that. All of those
1: are indisputable facts that I didn't need someone to take two years to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I could have, you could have listened to this podcast, but like he's a, a shitty yeah. guy who hires shitty people. The, the details could be uh, interesting. But, but Aaron, Aaron's been taking the victory lap, won a prize, the Izzy Stone, the I have Stone prize uh, this week, I believe. Is that
0: right? Um, just
5: for, today, yeah. Yeah, just today oh, for, oh, for that, for that you. reporting. For debunking, I think the stupidest story of all time. Which one was that? Just the whole rush again. The whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, it, when, it's when just you- an ironic award because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm recognized for debunking something that I have such contempt for and I think it's so stupid.
1: But so, what happens when you see those people? I mean, obviously, we listed your credits at the beginning. You're a man of the left. Yes. Um, and people would tend to associate those banging their, their yes. fists about this as people on the left. You know, the Rachel Maddows, yeah. this uh, Abrams, Seth Abramson Guy Virginia Heffernan. Give me like the most compact version <laughs> of what you think is wrong with these people and their general argument. I mean, we talked about this last week, but I'd like to hear your your sort of overall take on it.
5: You know, first of all, from a partisan point of view. I think it's been terrible for the left, for the actual left, because it's it's channeled liberal hopes into this conspiracy theory,
2: mm-hmm.
5: one that I doesn't, th- one that I think is not grounded in fact. And I think as a result of that, everyone on the left, you know, broadly, uh, anybody who p- opposes Trump has been encouraged to basically put all their faith in Robert Mueller and expect that he will uncover this grand Trump Russia conspiracy. And meanwhile, when you look at the actual evidence and and developments that are reduced to uh, promote this idea of conspiracy. I just think it undermines the entire premise. So uh, that's my basic criticism. It's like it's misplaced and it's uh, and it's baseless. There, I saw
1: there a piece, I don't know what I was looking at. Um, I think it was a Vox piece. I'm going to look it up here and maybe Anthony can can help me. Um, but I think it was from last summer. And it was one of those very, oh yeah, here it is. Um, this is this is very one of those very confident headlines. And this is a Matt Iglesias uh, yes. story. Um, Shocking. Yeah, uh, this is the headline. There's actually lots of evidence of Trump-Russia collusion. Mm. The untenability of the no collusion talking point. What is he saying? Because I mean, you've, been running at these arguments for a couple of years now. What's the what's the basic thrust of the? There's actually lots of evidence of Russia collusion.
5: What they're doing is they're taking a very superficial look at public developments, records, uh, at, at developments in the public record. So, for example, the meeting at Trump Tower, you know, in June 2016. On the surface, it looks damning. And when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, shit, maybe there's something here, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, you have a, uh, you have Don Jr. getting an email being told, that the Russian government has dirt on Hillary Clinton, uh, although it also it qualified that by saying it has to do with her dealings with Russia, which usually gets ignored in in, in how we talk about this. But and then Don Jr. replies, uh, and and the email also says that all this is is a part of Russia's support for. The Trump campaigns, and then Don Jr. replies that if this it's a what stated, say, I love it. I love it, it. right? So yeah. great, boom, collusion. It. Yeah, you know, and, and that night, remember, it Rachel... also
1: proves that he's a complete idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I Fucking mean, you right. could have <laughs> said, "I've got like half off tickets." He even says, to even Chuck E. Cheese, You're like I love it. He <laughs> says, "He says I love
3: it, especially later in summer," because he's referring to the convention. Yeah, yeah yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. There's the yeah. coordination right there. Total yeah. jackass. Yeah,
5: but if you look at the details, I mean, you see a few things. First of all, the person who wrote the email is a kooky music publicist named Rob Goldstone who wears funny hats. Right, but he's presented to us, you know, by those. he got a funny hat. That's uh, uh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. You're right. Fair. Yeah. Enough. No
0: ad <laughs> here. We don't enough. do that sort of thing fair At the enough. fifth column. Oh, uh, yes, I'm guy exactly. wearing the
5: Los Angeles winners cap <laughs> I, I apologize to all funny hat wearers out there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And so he he's a publicist, and uh, he's presented to us, and the narrative is just the Russians. Literally, it's like he. That's how that that's who he is referred to broadly as the Russians. When really mm-hmm. he's a music publicist doing a favor for his Russian client, who is like a a pop star the son of a billionaire who's friends with Donald Trump, the the Aguilaras. And uh, Rob Goldstone says, you know, I was making all this up. And you look at how he explains his terminology. He talked about uh, information coming from the crown prosecutor of Russia. There is no crown prosecutor in Russia, but Rob Goldstone is British Hmm. and there's a crown prosecutor in Britain. So it's like he's saying that, you know, he's basically using in his words, publicist puff and. Yet all that gets basically ignored. And and, uh, it's also ignored that the lawyer, the Russian lawyer, who Natalia Veselnitskaya, who he got the meeting for, she's been working on the very issue uh, of trying to repeal these Magnitsky sanctions that later on all involved, say, was the actual topic. And so it's not implausible. That that's what she wanted to talk about instead of being like the genesis for a, a grand conspiracy. And
1: it's also important to point out here is that, you know, most people, the Magnitsky stuff and the Bill Browder stuff is that it's always said it was there was a meeting about Russian adoptions, which mm. makes it sound kind of boring and anodyne. Right. I mean, it is because that's a part of the response to Magnitsky from from the Kremlin. And if it is actually a pretty serious you know disagreement between between yeah. Washington and Moscow. So when you're talking about adoptions, it's not like it sounds like some f- really bad cover story. Like yeah. want to talk adoptions? <laughs> it's going to be great. It's party for you on the adoption. And it's like no, no. It's actually a huge policy issue, and that also gets lost in this conversation.
0: All of the the evidence that people were glomming onto when they were looking for Russian collusion, but given the things that were already publicly available, even before we started to see the indictments, perhaps start to come out. Um, what of all of the things that we've learned is actually the most, the most damning, the most, the most suspicious, because the, the thing that they always refer back to is the fact that these people were lying. Like they asked them, did you have any meetings with the Russians? Did you have any relationships with the Russians? i was like, no, yeah. no, we never talked to the Russians. And it would always start to come out later. Well, actually, you did have a meeting with the Russians (laughs) with Trump power. Actually, you did have a phone call with the Russians and you lied. Now, I can I can find reasons that are not necessarily they were working with the (laughs) Russians in order to hack the DNC and then put out Hillary Clinton's emails. But I mean, it's certainly it certainly seems suspicious.
5: If you look at all the cases. Either the narrative rests on ignoring the countervailing evidence or mm-hmm. misinterpreting the available facts. So in the case of the Trump Tower meeting, yeah, on the surface, that email of, you know, Russians have compromising information. It could be damning. But then you have to ignore all the facts that I mentioned. By the way, plus the fact that, that Natalia Veselnitskaya, the lawyer, she was working with none other than Fusion GPS, which is the firm behind the Steele dossier. Mm-hmm. So this purported Kremlin agent, if that's what we're supposed to believe, according to the conspiracy theory, is also working closely with the firm that actually was responsible for first uh, promoting the the idea that Trump was working with Russia because Fusion GPS, as we know, is the firm behind the Steele dossier. Which is an interesting coincidence, which actually could lead to a conspiracy theory in the other direction about the Trump campaign being set up, but mm-hmm. which I'm not defending, but it's just it's one of many. I mean, it's not, yes, it's not
4: a it's not a could lead <laughs> to a conspiracy theory. That's an active well, yeah. ongoing conspiracy
5: theory on the right. I yeah. Mean, this it is. is true. That is, but actually it's one that I think has more Basis than the than, than the Trump Russia conspiracy. Theory. So you because have
4: some you you have at least some kind of like a a, a working hypothesis, a deep state hypothesis of
5: not of, a deep state one, but more that there are people. It does look like uh, there was some effort. It, if you look at the, the the characters who approached Trump associates, they're questionable. Like this professor who approached approached George Papadopoulos. He's sketchy. We don't know the full details. We know he has some State Department ties. His name is Joseph Mithsud. He's now disappeared. Uh, he was interviewed by the FBI in early January, in, in, in February 2017. Now he's gone. So you know, it's just interesting, and, and it raises questions. I'm not endorsing any kind of theory, but I think, I, I think if anything, we're gonna if we get to the truth, we'll find out more damning things about the investigation and the uh, and whatever and whatever. Was operations were were being run against the Trump campaign, then we will find out about actual the relations between Trump and Russia because the most damning thing to me to answer your question mm. is the fact that you know yeah, when Trump was running for president, he didn't tell the public that, as he was praising Vladimir Putin. He was trying to build a, a Trump Tower in Moscow, right. you know, which, again, speaks to what Michael was saying before. It's like we know Trump is a shady guy. Mm-hmm. But does that bring us to any kind of a, a conspiracy between these two sides? No. I mean, in fact, undermines it because we know that that building that he was trying to build went nowhere. Right. Never had approval. He spoke. They did. Michael Cohen did lie about his contacts with the Russian government about it. But those contacts amounted to, according to all parties involved. Uh, a uh, assistant in the uh office yeah, of so yeah. the press secretary calling him back and saying sorry we can't help the you
0: emails that were going unanswered that yeah. sort of thing yeah. it was it was actually a, a much more bizarre circumstance but it was certainly a thing where the trump administ or the trump campaign trump himself and various apparatchiks were lying to the public it, it, it saying invites, that there was yeah. no business dealings whatsoever yeah. Yeah. with yeah. moscow it,
1: it invites conspiracy theory mm-hmm. um, and you don't it's not surprising that this happened and this came up, it's surprising that people that one would expect to be a little more sort of questioning on these things, but they're putting this sort of partisan goal, which is dislodging Donald Trump in a fast, easy way ahead of sort of basic logic and facts. And, you know, but because if you look is that, you know, Felix Sater is a scumbag, complete, utter scumbag, right? I mean, I went to, I think I talked about this last, last shows so that he went to jail for hitting a guy and slashing him with a margarita glass That's in the right. 90s That's right. and then gets out of gets out of jail and then gets busted running some some boiler room operation on wall street not a good guy it's a guy that grew up in that kind of milieu in in brighton beach his father was a criminal and his father i think went to jail or either went but he was like a, he was a russian mob guy it's you know michael cohen good god my i think one of the most pathetic things i've seen is Michael Cohen flipping? And the stuff that I've seen on Twitter about how I saw a painting. You can actually find this. Um, Somebody did a painting of Michael Cohen in this sort of like angelic no. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and you know where it is? I'll tell you where to find it if you want to look for it. It was under a post. It was under a picture posted by fucking Tom Arnold, of uh, who is like a psychopath yeah. and is like, I'm looking for the Trump tapes. And, and he has a picture of him at the Regency Hotel with Michael Cohen And he's like This man is an American And all the comments are like yeah, American hero American hero And he's like guys Guys They raided his office He got caught And he's flipping now You think that he's like I mean do you, Does anyone remember Six months ago like, I'd take a bullet for this guy yeah, <laughs> Do anything true, for this guy yeah, it's like, yeah. And then all of a sudden He flips everyone's like Slow clap Yeah <laughs> What a hero it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah You can really trust him So it's just I mean, the basic point that doesn't even need to be made, but it's always funny to make is when you surround yourself with scumbags. Paul Manafort's a bad guy. Uh He's just not a good dude. And like I've heard a lot of stories about him over the years. He's just one of those Washington creatures that is like, you know, if he was, you know, if the Poroshenko government wanted him. On their side And had enough money It's like He's not ideologically motivated He's a guy That's just after a buck And he likes power And he likes playing the DC game And now he's going to jail But that doesn't have anything to do With what all of you told me Was going to happen Like Rachel Maddow Heavy breathing about collusion And the people That aren't following the story Friends of mine Who are great people Who just aren't Politically inclined They're like Yeah well I don't know I mean all these people Are going to jail I'm like well yeah But that's 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 you know The Rose Law Firm And 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 the jizz on the dress <laughs> that's, <Yeah. laughs> that's the connection right That's It started with there and it ended there, but it's not the first thing. It's a different thing.
5: And Manafort's is the only case involving Trump figures, uh, except for Cohen. But Manafort is the only one prosecuted by Mueller because Cohen's case was spun off Mm -hmm. to SDNY. Uh, Manafort's the only person to face serious prison time. He's facing, you know, 10 years now. And that's in the case, as you said, that has nothing to do with the election or Russian collusion. It has to do with his lobbying in Ukraine. And even his record there has been totally distorted. It said that he was doing the Kremlin's bidding. He wasn't. He was actually trying to push Yanukovych, his client, the the Ukrainian leader, away from Russia uh, and trying to integrate him with the uh, West. And in the case of of Michael Cohen, his Russia-related lie was about lying to Congress. It was about how many times he spoke to Trump about the Trump Tower meeting. He told Congress three times. It was actually six. And he basically lied about when they stopped trying to uh, build that tower. They call it negotiations, but really there were actually no real negotiations because there was no... Russian financing. There was a second tier development bank that Trump signed a deal with, which was non-binding. So Cohen basically misled Congress over some very minor details.
4: Yeah, but those are those. I mean, they are minor in the scheme of things, but um, Trump himself had made the same denials. So he's backing up Trump's denials about a thing during the campaign, right, which is a bad thing to do and doing it under oath in front of Congress, which is a crime um, regardless of whether you think someone should ever uh, go to jail for a, a crime of lying to Congress. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a bad thing. It's not like some super trivial thing. But I mean, as a uh, Jacob Solem, uh you asked me last uh, uh, episode, like what were moments that uh, led to skepticism um, even before I was skeptical or it, I was always like I just had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. But before I was pointed in the direction of this isn't going to lead to to uh, anything huge it was repeatedly reading jacob Sullivan, was one of the most careful journalists on the planet mm. um, and ev- and every single moment in the process um, uh, whenever uh, muller or one of the spin-off things would obtain a convic- conviction he would point out assiduously, even almost frustratingly, that this conviction doesn't have anything to do with the underlying reason for this investigation, investigation yeah. in the first place. Like there wasn't a single one. I mean, the Cohen Which comes as a, close as we, but it's still yeah. not there.
5: It, it leads to a grand total of zero indictments for anything to do with a Trump-Russia conspiracy or covering one up.
0: Yeah. Uh, one thing that I did want to ask about, and I don't know if anyone has read this piece, but this Jonathan Chait piece where he talks about the uh, the piece that he wrote some years ago where he posited that Trump was compromised. I think by the it was Russians only last year. Some since 1987. Was it last year it that he wrote that? Story. The, the
3: Trump-Truton yeah, story? Yeah, yeah, that
0: yeah. was um, last year. Trump, huh. Trump-Truton. OK. Yeah. Um, well, today or not today, but yesterday, he wrote a piece uh, in which he said that the conclusion of his of his piece had proven completely correct. And that is a a direct quote um, that we now know during the campaign, Trump was pursuing a building deal in Russia worth several hundred million dollars in profit, according to an indictment by Robert Mueller that Trump has not disputed. Now, we we've just talked about this, I think, and the reasons why this does not quite make sense. I mean, it's certainly possible that Russia was using this as leverage of some kind to extract something, but I have still not yet seen any evidence of that. In fact, what, what I suspect is probably more likely is that Trump was running a campaign that he perhaps didn't even think he would win,
5: Definitely. And
0: thus continuing to negotiate for the Trump Tower Moscow, yeah. which... Guys, if you're building Trump Tower Moscow while you're the president of the United States and say 2019, somebody might fucking find out about that. <laughs> Just yeah. maybe, possibly, yeah. a building in Moscow with your name on it might become an issue. But whatever.
5: Yeah, Michael Cohen testified that you know. I mean, if you believe Cohen, you have uh-huh. to believe him when he says it. Uh, Trump didn't expect to win. It's the
0: most believable thing yeah. that has ever saw seen. saw the campaign
5: camp. as a branding opportunity. Yeah. I totally believe yeah, that. Yeah, I totally of course. You know, which I, I think absolutely. I actually... Like
0: the hired hands at the damn uh, Trump Tower coming down the escalator.
5: Yeah, which I think also then explains his warm words for Vladimir Putin because, you know, he's been <laughs> singing Putin's praises for a long time. I think the fact that he wanted to build, you know, this huge Trump Tower in Moscow... Is a I pretty good that. reason, which you know shows again what we already know that Trump is like corrupt and shady. It, it, and, it's it
1: is the producers, yeah. isn't yeah. it? like it's like holy shit, yeah. these people like this. Yeah. I can't believe it. I'm gonna
0: yeah. win. What is wrong I with think these people? right now?
4: Mike Gravel's like grandchildren are like, <laughs> doing the same thing with his Twitter feed. Uh,
0: Mike, Gravel. I don't, don't want to create too much of a uh, of a hard pivot necessarily, but it it does seem like there's uh, a connection here between. This and something else that I wanted to talk about. I mean, Aaron, when when I've heard you talk about this, and this is certainly a point that we've raised here as well, fixating on the Trump-Russia collusion and conspiracy and shit uh, has been one way to not pay close attention to what the fuck is actually happening. The yeah. policies that the Trump administration is actually pursuing, yes. the things that are actually being accomplished that may not necessarily be great for the United States. Um, and a lot of the things that are happening on a, on the foreign policy stage. Uh, the truth is that the antagonism um, between sort of the Trump administration and Russia is actually like pretty high Mm -hmm. for in a in a a real sense. I mean, Trump and Putin have been on opposite sides of the conflict in Syria. The Trump administration has launched attacks against the Syrian government in that particular uh, fight. Much to the chagrin of the Putin regime, mm-hmm. uh, the Trump administration and Putin are on opposite sides when it comes to the current ongoing circumstance, the constitutional crisis, if you call it that. I don't know the humanitarian crisis, perhaps the coup d'etat, mm-hmm. if, if you're one of those folks. He's one of those. Trump and Putin are on very different <laughs> sides of that conflict. And it, it really is I mean, is recent, recently warned. of phase. I mean,
1: recently yeah. spoke yeah. out and said, you know, we're warning the Russians on. On, on Venezuela. Yeah. And if you're saying that you publicly, sus- yeah, you, you know what's to happening. Really privately, Ignore behind, a lot of the yeah. facts
0: to, to yeah. buy into the narrative yeah. that Trump and Putin are working together in cahoots when there's a tremendous amount of evidence that instead of working in cahoots with one another, there are aspects of the Russia U.S. relationship that are deeply disconcerting for people that are actually concerned about potential geopolitical conflicts. I mean, there, there is a possibility that you could make the argument
1: that. It is a little calmer than when Mike McFaul was in Moscow, right? And we could accuse Hillary Clinton of being a Russians dude for bringing that reset button that was misspelled. <laughs> and say, Look at me, she's on Putin's side. But yeah, it's, it's perhaps a, a little softer because, but, you know, it is, it is the thing with Trump is, you know, watch what he does, not what he says. Mm-hmm. And he likes, I mean, he's going to flatter anyone who's in front of him and he likes strong men. I mean, everybody on earth has said that it's like demonstrably true, but it doesn't mean, I mean, it, at the same time. When you have this guy Who's playing 9D chess And he's so clever right And he's like And you have all these people Who are you know Libertarian non interventionist type saying he's our guy,
0: and I'm like, Watch, he's gonna hire John Bolton. He hires John Bolton. There's right? only like five, I mean, five of those people, there's 10 libertarians in total, maybe five of them were supporting, yeah,
1: yeah. And they're the all government.
0: at one website, yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and it's
1: like they ha- they put so much hope into this guy, and they're like, Look, he's just gonna hire the Fox and Friend couch. And if Bolton <laughs> is on that because he's a Fox <laughs> contributor, he's gonna be your foreign policy guy. <laughs> and then you know, I know that Aaron pointed this out the McCabe. Book. I don't know. It's a secondhand story, but it sounds plausible that McCabe says, you know, Trump is like, why can't we invade, invade Venezuela? They have oil. And it's just, just like, he said similar things about other places. Yeah. I mean, he said on the campaign trail, why didn't we take their oil in Iraq? In, in Iraq. It's it's so easy. It, it's, But it's so funny though, because the, the constant, um, you know, chance and so many, Marches, anti-war marches is, you know, no blood for oil, no blood for oil. And if you look at the, you know, the, the dividing up of contracts and laws that have been enshrined in, in the Iraqi legal regime and constitution is that, you know, the, the Americans didn't, quote, take the oil. And that didn't happen, right? And so Donald Trump is actually mad about that, that that theory that, that people were marching for didn't turn out to be true. And he's like, it really should have been. So that doesn't surprise me. But at the same time, i i don't think and i think aaron i've heard you say this your tweet about this to you know we're on opposite sides of this but i think you also agree that the likelihood of that actually happening is fairly low because he is there are people that would would really 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 object to that and it's people yeah, in his own party it's people oh, in military his own, intervention yes. in oh yeah sure No, yeah. of course not. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No. so i think that that's no. that that's not going to happen but we can start it off this way because you went to Venezuela mm-hmm. fairly recently, mm-hmm. um, unlike me trying to go back and they wouldn't allow me back. They wouldn't. I mean, you have a Canadian passport, right? Yes. So uh, you went with Max Blumenthal, who or you were there at the same time. I was on the same plane as him. On the same yeah, plane as right? him? Yeah. <laughs> no, I
5: did go with him. Yeah. yeah. He's
1: he's I mean, who has an American passport. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, I, he I didn't did know get, that you were there at the same
1: time. Yeah. Yeah. He did get a visa. <laughs> shockingly. I didn't. Not so shockingly. Shockingly. Um, and I was prevented from coming in the country. So you. But Vice got in. Like some of your
5: colleagues got in, right? They Or did they sneak in?
1: Well, no, they didn't have American passports. Oh, OK. So we had a crew that was, you know, British and I Canadian and things like that. But untrustworthy. So untrustworthy. American. things. And, um, you know, and how, not, how, not the A-team. Is and by the way, had a, a, your I had a hard time when they were there, you yeah. know, and it's, you know, it's, it's very tough to be a journalist mm-hmm. there. I'm mm-hmm. going to imagine you didn't have a very tough time. I didn't.
5: No, I <laughs> can you tell our audience why that might have been well you know uh, i mean for me getting in was no problem because i'm canadian and they just they didn't yeah. even uh, think twice about it and uh yeah i mean uh look they if you want to get into venezuela they're facing He's rolling a, up his sleeves the, yeah. <laughs> i rolled them up for, <laughs> for they're, they're uh they're facing a coup attempt uh they um for, from whom let's be, let's be explicit here the Without the U.S., this, this couldn't be happening. There's no way, you know, the, the 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 faction of the opposition that launched the coup attempt isn't strong enough inside Venezuela to do this on their own. And we know this because, you know, Juan Guaido. But
1: traditionally, one would think of a coup attempt as what Hugo Chavez himself did in 1992, which was drive with tanks and guns on Miraflores Palace and actually
5: have some people die. Fine. I should qualify. It's a soft coup attempt okay. because they're trying to, I think, uh, I mean, as the way I understand the strategy is that. With the Trump administration's backing, they're trying to uh, basically create enough internal turmoil so, so that the military turns on Maduro and enough people rise up, aided by the fact that the U.S. has intensified the sanctions in an effort to intensify the country's suffering. So this is the context in which, listen, I, I'd love for you know, I'm not going to defend the policy of not letting in journalists, you know. It's, but so, if you're wondering why, like, well, no, no, I was yeah. just
1: joking around about me not being one again. I wouldn't let me in either. But um, <laughs> uh, I, I can't believe I'm allowed into my office every day. Um, but you go there, and you see. What do you see when you're there? That I mean, what what confirms your previous biases and what surprises you?
5: Well, it's certainly my impression just because it it was my first time there. It's certainly obvious that the government has lost considerable support. That's undeniable because, you know, I spoke to many people who were government supporters now or no longer. They feel as if there's a sense of sacrifice that has not been borne by the government, but borne only by the people. Uh, There is anger over corruption and economic mismanagement. I did not see a humanitarian crisis. Uh, I think there's an economic crisis. I think that... um, the prices, like the problems of availability. Where, where do you go that you would have seen a humanitarian crisis? Well, in 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 fairness, I did not leave uh, Caracas. So, in, in, in what neighborhoods were you in? Were you I in, was like, everywhere. I went, everywhere. I went to the barrios and I went to the rich neighborhoods too. Yeah. And you know, like you know, I but I what, went. What to, is that like? Do you have
0: minders or anything, or can you you could just freely travel?
5: Uh, for going into one barrio, we did have one minder, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, who was affiliated with the government who but who basically brought us there and you know we were free to walk around but she basically escorted us there mm-hmm. but in terms of going around the city yeah uh we were free to go wherever we wanted and you know we didn't i mean sure they they offer you people like 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 they want to send minders with you and government handlers but you don't have to take at least in our case we didn't have to take them mm-hmm. and we didn't um and uh but, but you you wouldn't say you say that i did, you know you were just in
1: caracas you wouldn't say there isn't a humanitarian crisis would you
5: i i, I would say in caracas yeah. I, I, there's not a humanitarian crisis. There's an economic crisis, and it's serious, and you know but it,
1: those it, those are often hand in hand, aren't they?
5: You know, in terms of uh, like, like I went to L.A. like like right afterwards, and I saw just as many homeless people, people eating from the garbage, as I saw as I saw in Iraq. No, I mean maybe fewer hyperinflation, maybe fewer murders. A hype like hyperinflation is not in a humanitarian crisis. It's it's economic. And and, and listen, that's it's a that's it's, true. There's it's a, a relationship. A seri- though, listen, though, also, say. This, it's a serious economic crisis. Okay. And there are plenty of arguments for, uh you know, for what the government has gotten really wrong and where they deserve criticism. I my concern, though, with this conversation, especially when we're in the West talking about Venezuela, mm-hmm. is that we don't downplay the impact of these sanctions, which are. Among the most crushing in Washington's history, and
0: it's it's interesting, Michael, and yeah. you, because you said that 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 the two of you um, disagree. Yeah, but I think in the room if I took a poll, I don't think any of us are generally in favor of sanctions. No, I'm and I'm adamantly opposed. We, we to these, all th- think th- sanctions th- are that this idea. Especially round. in, in yeah. Venezuela, because for, yeah. for numerous reasons. Yeah. One, I mean, they're generally ineffective in terms of achieving their stated goals. Yes. Um, the, the That's notion not that, why I'm opposed to them. Well, well I, I was going to go run okay, down yeah, the list. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the the notion that they don't actually have some sort of humanitarian consequences is is, is plainly wrong. Mm. I mean, if they are affecting the economy, then they are necessarily making things worse for the citizens of a particular country and third they give cover to really shit regimes yes. who are able to to point to the sanctions and say hey everything would be going fine despite the fact that we've created a circumstance where the one product that we actually air export from our state run business it creates an extraordinary vulnerability for our entire economy. Yeah. Don't look at that. Only pay attention to the fact that you, there are you, sanctions. You
1: would think that we that's would, the real yeah, problem. You would think that the United States government would have learned that lesson on a purely on a public re- relations Way from Cuba, mm-hmm. which you know the Castro regime was was very effective at pointing out that the embargo still is. is, and the Iranians um, are doing the same thing. Yeah, right now. And look, I, I I've been opposed to that from from the first time I heard of it. I so I I have two,
4: but then actually going to Cuba made me not just opposed to it, but want to. Get my thumbs on some Adam's apples in Washington. You fucking idiots. Really? Stop it. Just stop it. I
1: I mean, I do. In in the case of Venezuela, Mm -hmm. it is absolutely, I mean, 2016, before any of these sanctions um, were biting at all, I mean, they didn't exist. And particularly, and I know that there's these kind of stock arguments against the previous sanctions that were targeted at particular individuals and government institutions, et cetera. Mm Um, that the economic crisis was pretty bad. I mean, I remember being on Chris Hayes' show the day after Hugo Chavez died. I was the only non-Chavista on the panel and we were arguing, Chris was the only one that was on my side and was like, no, you know, 200% inflation is bad. Pretty bad. You know, and then 2016 it was 500% and now it's it's unquantifiable. It's anywhere from a million to 10 million people say this all the time. But it is the money's worthless parallel currencies, parallel exchange rates. I mean, economic mismanagement there has been going on for a long time. I mean, the first time you can see both in Venezuelan uh, publications, uh, most of which don't exist anymore, have been taken over by government entities about shortages you see starting in 2006, 2007, mostly because of incredibly damaging and haphazard ways of industries being nationalized out of just nowhere. Just like one day the state cement company has taken over and there's no kind of plan after that. Particularly the same with Visa, which was the stroll the strike happened. I mean, Chavez replaced the oil employees with a bunch of lackeys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mark Weisbrot and I talked about this and he acknowledged that too, is that, you know, you look at Venezuela on oil production that goes into the toilet right after that. It was striking. I mean, it was massive massive striking, yeah. There, and too, like, well. yeah. And it's like, it, yeah, and it's, you know, you're exporting oil to be refined because it's this kind of heavy yeah. Orinoco... Based in crude oil, and it's it, it's like nothing is functioning prior to any of the sanctions, and there there has to be an acknowledgement. When I was there, it was before any sanctions, uh, and it's you know you look at an enormous amount of poverty in places like Patate and like all these uh, slums, um, and any anybody ten years after, fifteen years after Chavez took power would be be totally blown away by the stuff they see, even in Caracas.
5: Okay, if I can present what what I think you're missing, and I'm not trying to downplay the serious mistakes that this government made. Uh, you know, I don't defend this government. I, I, You know, and I've heard the arguments for how they royally screwed up their economy. And uh, I'm not going to counter it. But my concern, especially as a Westerner, is is what role my governments play mm-hmm. in, in there. And I'll say a few things. First of all, I do think that by 2016, you can say that sanctions have played a serious role because Obama imposed sanctions in 2015. And although they were nominally targeted at a few individuals, they had an impact. So they did deter, uh, as Mark Weisbrot will say, they did deter major creditors from lending, from certain financial institutions, from carrying out transactions, you know, debt swaps, whatever, you know, things I don't get, but things that could help a, you know, government, you know, restructure its economy and, uh, you know, act on the world stage. So even already by imposing sanctions on a few people, Even though it's even though it's it's nominally targeted, you have the impact of deterring people from doing business with you. So even by 2015, 2016, I think you can say the sanctions had an impact. And then you also have to look at the fact that you have an opposition that has lost, what, 23 out of 25 elections going back to 98 when Chavez first won. You know, uh, they have made uh, the. The opposition is not uniform, so there are different factions, but there are some strong factions that have rejected dialogue with the government, have made things difficult. You do have things like speculation and accusations, which I'm not an expert on, but it's like I think you at least have to take the accusation seriously, that there has been hoarding, so deliberately depriving goods from reaching the market. So what you have in that country is an extremely polarized situation, and you have up until the most recent election of Maduro, which I know is contested and. Fair enough. But up until then, you have pretty clean elections that the government keeps on winning, with the exception of a couple of uh, uh, provincial races. So, you know, like, yeah, I'll I'll respond to that. What what I'm concerned about, it's just not taking into account the degree of cynicism on the part of the opposition and also the impact of, you know, the fact that you're you're a country trying to, um, you know, you the U.S. did back a coup against Chavez in 2002. And even though that was put down and that was reversed, that has an impact and it makes people paranoid. It does mean that to protect themselves from that, they're going to give the military more power, which does lead to more inefficiency. So what I'm saying is all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, plenty of mistakes, but it does take I just don't want to divorce it from its imperial context, which I think is legitimate here, given what. Venezuela has faced from from the outside.
1: The thing is, I mean, a couple of things is that, you know, creditors were already abandoning Venezuela because it was a bad credit risk. Oh, massive, massive debt. They're, they're, they're pe- pe- I mean, it's debt. They couldn't pay it. They I mean, currency is changing every two seconds.
5: But they're, do you think those standards were were held like like do you think that the, that if it was a different country with an equally, you know, a question, a, 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 a questionable credit rating that they would have taken the same actions like. I can't divorce it from the political context where you have. Yes, I mean I, I do. Where you have Obama yeah. declaring Venezuela an extraordinary national security threat to the U.S. I mean, it's, it's That's going to have a deterrent. It's possible that had an effect,
0: but like the bond market. I mean, I have a, a cousin. My cousin was working at a Bloomberg on the bond desk, and he would always write those end of the day. You know, the bond market moved up 15 points on news that Hostess would continue to make Twinkies. Like yeah. this is, it's you know the ex post narrative. It, it's easy to imagine that this had some effect, but. Critically, there were all sorts of uh, fundamental yeah, challenges. Yeah,
1: I, I don't think bond America people, if Obama says it's full of uh, white nationalists and there's a that like <laughs> you know, I said, if they can make money, they'll make money yeah. off of it. Um, and, I don't and think they, it has and they do, yeah. that, that um, much of an impact. I mean, things
5: like hoarding. But they own- do get scared, though, if. Obama declares yeah. a country to be an extraordinary national security threat to the United States. It,
1: it igno- it, it, but the problem is it ignores everything else that's happening in Venezuela and, and, and focuses everything on the great, you know, empire to the north. What's happening in Venezuela, predating all of this stuff, the bond stuff, when the going was good. Keep in mind, all this is happening as oil prices are going down and ultimately having When it's over $100 a barrel, you know, p- people like Norway— People like Saudi Arabia, they save their money. The Americans didn't save a damn cent. No. And by the way, you also you said something about hoarding. I mean, yeah, of course, you're, you're right about that. But you know where you don't have hoarding? Here. You don't have it in Canada. The reason you have hoarding is because you have an economic uh, situation, an economic system that, that is Chavismo, that creates the incentive for hoarding. I mean, you essentially, I mean, also you have like things that are subsidized where it's a dollar, a penny for gasoline, and it comes over the border and everyone's selling it in Colombia. I mean, it's an economic system that is so bananas in almost every way that it's entirely dependent on oil. But I would also say one final point, I know you want to respond to that, but one final point is thats is that it is to take it. Say, these are the. This is an old talking point of a number of elections that Chavistas won. And I think that that's true to an extent. It's true in the extent that. There was it was a it was a popular government for sure mm-hmm. when the going was good. And that's the same thing as happens with Vladimir Putin's government. I mean, the oil prices were high. The the government was doing well and you see it reflected in in poll numbers. But what you also don't see in conversations like that when you say X number of elections out of X number of elections is the fact that there is an atmosphere in Venezuela that is not a democratic atmosphere in any way. And, you know, you have I mean, look, today, let's just talk about today that Maria Ofuni, who is the 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 judge who disobeyed Hugo Chavez and went to jail for it. And when they showed up to take her to jail, it was because on Allo Presidente, his show, he said she should go to jail. There was no judge's order, no nothing. They came and they took her away. She claimed to have been raped and and beaten and and she got out. Right. And today she was just convicted. I had I can't remember the name. It was hilarious. Not hilarious. It's depressing charge. Of um, God, what was it? It was something really funny, but it was it was some insane charge. She's going back to prison for five years. This was a judge that defied Hugo Chavez, right? So when you have people who defy the government, I mean, look, I mean, you see, the, you know, uh, Univision. What's that guy's name? The the Jorge, Ramos? Jorge uh-huh. Ramos challenges Maduro during an interview. And this is the democracy that you see. They erase his cards, detain them and send them out of the country. That interview doesn't exist anymore because their handlers erased the cards. Right. This is a, a government that does not like sort of free opposition. The other thing you can say about that is that you have free elections. Right. But the question and I've, I think I've raised this in the show before. Aaron, I don't think you would think that you lived in a democratic country if Donald Trump decided, I'm going to take over all the airways of all radio and all television 35, 45, 50 times this month. And then PBS, it's just going to be Trump propaganda
5: 24 hours a day. Do you have a free election after that? Okay. So, a few things. I'll I'll take the last point first. What we also would never have had in this country, though, is MSNBC and NBC and CNN participating in an open coup attempt against the.
1: uh, by the way they were taken off the air
5: right so no, I,
1: so Global Vision was taken off the in air 2002, Te- in 2002 yes. in
5: 2002 you know this that that the uh private tv stations on top of saying really vile racist things about chavez and his supporters they took part in the coup attempt how how is that they uh first of all the opposition planned and this is documented now because we know that even a cnn reporter this isn't a movie called the revolution will Not be televised or also, alternatively called Chavez Inside the Coup.
4: How many documentaries have that title, by the way? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Come on now. That the, that
5: the opposition hey, planned hey, ho, ho. planned to stoke violence and stoke shootings, which they then blamed on the government. And we know this because a CNN reporter said that by, that even before the shootings happened, the opposition already had planned their speech out. And, you know, I— after we uh, publish this, I'll tweet the link out to this movie and, and I'll show, I'll show people where people yeah. can watch it. Well, <laughs> so, so, so the, because I, because I realize it's a bold claim. So I'll, yeah. I'll show you where it happens. That's but. also a bullshit claim. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well,
1: uh, it, by the, will, by the, I, the, mag- the tweet- magazine, I'm just going to say the magazine that you write for the nation, Nation Books. Yeah. Carl Bromley used to be able to publish this, a book called The Silence in the Scorpion by an academic named Brian Nelson, which is an academic book on the coup who rubbishes all of these claims. And he's an academic, a man of the left, and was a man of somebody who was sympathetic to Chavismo and opposed to the coup. And he says none of this is true.
5: OK, I will tweet the link uh, that I'm talking about and, and, and people can judge for themselves. The opposition. In, in Venezuela in terms of the like what gets on TV would never be allowed here on TV in terms of what they say about Chavez and his supporters. And they were cheering Why on it. They were cheering on it. Why coup. wouldn't it be allowed on TV in America? You can't cheer on a coup of the elected government in your country. You can't? You can't? I you think, think you can. can. In the U.S., if if NBC and CNN did, said that we want to overthrow this government, I, mean, I they don't could think have, they, have, they could have, people, they could have people on last who last did. Months? I mean, <laughs> actually, I'm, I'm actually remembering yeah. that. I'm talking about a coup. Like, look, look. I'll, show you, the cli- like I'll show you the clips of what they coo-coo. talk about. And it's like, you know, Chavez and his people, they're fighting a war. You might support that war and say that these people don't deserve to be there. And that's fine. But and this is also why, I, like, I reject another analogy you made that it's true. We don't see in Canada, you know, in the U.S. hoarding. And withholding goods, but again, the elite in this country are not trying to take down the government. And that's I think you have to acknowledge that the elite of Venezuela, who have traditionally controlled most of the country and the economy, would love to see Chavez and his and his movement go. Well
1: let's let's define that first, because the elite right now, an elite since nineteen ninety
5: eight, has been Chavismo and has been the the
1: bully bully bourgeoisie. Yes, but that's I'm talking about
5: the traditional light skinned elite that's dominated Venezuelan politics for
1: Okay, so when you went to an opposition protest, you saw hundreds of thousands of people. Were they elite people? No. OK.
5: No, they weren't. I saw tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands. OK, well, there's, yeah.
1: there, there's been protests that are That's far true. bigger
5: than that in the past. That's true. It's and true.
1: Le- le- let's just say this. Uh, three million people, the U.N. estimates. Other people estimate that it's closer to four million, which is 10 percent of the population of a country of 30 million people have left. Are those people all elite? Of course not. Of and course not. So they're, they're why are fleeing these, an what? economic crisis. OK, so what do these people not know that you do?
5: I mean, I don't accept that formulation. Why they, not? W- they're living in horrible conditions in the same way that people look, people are fleeing awful conditions all around the world. But that doesn't then justify a coup attempt against the elected government. It, it, the, the, it gover- the current
1: government is not elected. Uh, okay. do you believe it's, that la- it, you said yourself that you think the last election might have been I a little think shady?
5: I think it's flawed. I, yes. Yeah. I think you can argue that it's shady. It uh, seems, it it, seems based on how you interpret the Venezuelan constitution, which, you know, I'm not like Well-versed in the Venezuelan Constitution, I have to say. I certainly think it's shady. What I do know is this. It's a very polarized country. The reality, though, that I think the opposition has to deal with is that there is a strong base of support still for the government, even even whether we whether we like it or not. There is. I, I mean, saw the, them. There, it's been in the
0: I, I've seen that in the polling, if, if nothing else. I mean, maybe the the election results can not be trusted for various. Well,
1: reasons. I talked to Mark Weisbart about this. because uh-huh. he, he cited
0: a poll. Yeah. And then he
1: he cites the parts of the poll that he likes. And I uh-huh. said, well, elsewhere in the poll. Yeah. It said Maduro had 20, 23, yeah, 24 percent. That's not good. As I started out by saying. That's underwater.
5: Yeah. (laughs) I believe the first thing I said was that this government has lost support. There's no doubt about that. It's not as popular as Maduro is not Chavez. He's lost support. And there's going to be have to be reconciliation and dialogue. The current course, though, where you have a faction of the Venezuelan opposition, not even the full opposition united. But, you know, for example, because Hector Capriles, he he didn't support this, this. Enrique. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Enrique. Uh, Caprila. he, he didn't support this effort by Guaido and his people. So even there, it's, it's, it has it's, always been infighting in that. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, you know, opposition. if yeah.
4: I can, if I can interject as someone who doesn't know my Hector's from my Enrique, yeah. <laughs> uh,
5: I don't either. I don't either. Okay, can this. I just so, say that's yeah. racist,
0: by the way? Just want to make sure so <laughs> register I mean, that. No, yeah. It's fine. It's, it's to
4: be expected. Uh, but, uh, White supremacy radio here. Question to, uh, to Moynihan on this. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, as, as most of us uh, do in this room, go on Kennedy's uh, program. On occasion And uh They frequently In the green room Have uh, Trish Regan's Show on Oh dear Which has become Like Guaido Central Yeah Um Like she's Like he's literally Been on the program A few times uh, and, yeah. and, and His and, wife too right I think his wife Like it's amazing Like you're yeah. sitting there wow. and, and Trish is just sort of Like shaking her head And looking off camera Occasionally talking in Spanish In the soft glow She's yeah. talking it's, it's really like a Bizarre a, Please go look Seek it out yeah. people Because it's really weird Do I have to? No <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Please don't Um But there's a sense from watching this, like when you see like senior opposition leaders – Talking with Trish Regan, yeah, <laughs> which is kind of hard to even accept. Um, like this is the game. This is the lever that people are pulling. Yeah, like I, 100%. if I can just get onto Fox Business Network, yeah. not even the big Fox. M- yeah, series, it's, it's, maybe some. Yeah. Maybe they'll look at the clips. I, I don't on know if they weekend. differentiate. That way. I
1: don't uh, think they know the scam that's happening. I don't now. think that uh, the Trish's producers are <laughs> yeah, like being are telling Claro about yeah, the yeah. but, <laughs> uh,
4: but like it's like how much are they calibrating their whole act? towards what they hope is a Boltonite, Trump-Monroe-Doctrinite kind of look.
1: There was one person in the opposition in the past who met with George W. Bush, and it was, I mean, in, you know— Chavista papers and on BTB, the, the television channel, you'd always see this meeting, this, uh, uh, Maria Machado, she was called, she's still in the opposition. And that was hell f- of a good shortstop. That was, a, shortstop, that was right? fanta- yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic <laughs> shortstop. Bit of she a could, dirty play. She could turn it, third baseman. turn it, turn it, turn it too. But she, she would, you know, this was a, a big deal. Like she was in the White House and these people, you know, uh, petitioning the Yankees. And as, 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 you know, as, but as Aaron said, which is correct, is that, you know, it was obviously much more popular. The government was much more popular at the time. Um, the opposition was growing. The difficulties for Venezuelan people were growing, et cetera. But that was not a big thing. But now you see you know, they, this was very well organized and to get 52 governments on their side. And by the way, it's not the 52 governments or 38 governments that were on the side of the America's through the Iraq war. When you look and it's like Guatemala and like, you know, some other like tiny Shetland islands or something. It's a, they're, they're big players, right? Their external strategy has been rather uh, impressive in some ways, but it hasn't been making the returns that they want. But yeah, I mean. Going on all of these programs, talking to everybody who will listen to them, because, I mean, keep in mind, this is these are people that have seen in and from the opposition's uh, standpoint. And I think it's the standpoint that that is the correct one is that you have 20 plus years of this. And there um, when you have like the problems that you have now, which is like mass starvation, basically mass malnutrition, people dying to go to hospitals, people dying because they don't have materials, et cetera. Like, uh, you know, uh, surgeons can't work in, in environments like this where they have no. Power. Keep in mind, the power went off in Venezuela in the entire country for six days straight. Right. I mean, to this day right now, in the outer reaches in Maracaibo, it's, you know, the furthest from the grid. Right. And it's, it's you know, that was the, that was the jewel. That was where all the, the PDVSA people basically were were based. And yeah, it's a very difficult situation. So. They're taking this desperation and the fact that, you know, hundreds of people are being killed uh, in these in these um, clashes with with security forces and with the Bolivarian circles and these sorts of things. Um, And they're desperate. And this is what happens. They will make some missteps in this way. I don't think it's a smart idea to be to be in the White House um, talking to the Trump administration. I think
5: it's a bad idea. So, Michael. okay. I have a few points. First of all, I wanted to concede one point uh, because, you know, I've been cast in the role here, basically. uh, (laughs) Yeah, I feel
1: feel bad for you. I'm fine
5: to do it. But but I wanted to concede one point you made. But then I wanted to push back on some others, which is that you talked about um, the government not putting money aside uh, into reserve. I think it's a totally fair criticism. It's one of the huge blunders this government has made. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I what I'm hearing from you is uh, I don't think you're uh, giving enough credit to the impact of economic warfare, Which is, you know, you know, lefties aren't alone in calling it that. I mean, U.N. rapporteurs, although a lefty U.N. rapporteur has called it that. uh, And uh, and the United Nations has spoken about the horrible impact of sanctions. So. These sanctions have an impact on, on countries They strangle them They prevent them from importing things like medicines They prevent them from getting the parts they need to do basic repairs This is the strategy that the U.S. has pursued Not just in Venezuela But they right, did this but, in, but, but
1: they, prior, prior to this year And it's still not the case There has been no sanctions on importing medicine And there's that has not been the case And that has been a long time shortages Throughout the hospital system in Venezuela that,
5: But they say Yes No one's ever blamed but, but it that the that sanctions was, But that was the same case in Iraq Where you know even there there was an oil for food program where, you know, uh, officially they should have been able to import all the medicines that they couldn't, but they couldn't because when you're under sanctions, just doing, Business in the international system becomes very difficult. In the case of Iran. I agree,
1: but that's a recent development. And I'm on the record and and will remain on the record of opposing the new sanctions that are much more punishing and much more biting and actually not. They're they're indiscriminate. So when you
5: talk about the dire conditions, I just think that we need to acknowledge that these dire conditions are not just the result of internal mismanagement. It's a deliberate condition and, and even laid out. In so US- are you conceding now that there is a
1: humanitarian crisis
5: in Venezuela? I'm conceding there's an economic crisis.
1: But, no, no, no. That's not the question. Are you conceding that there's a humanitarian crisis in Venezuela? No,
5: I, I'm con- You're not. Because a okay, humanitarian so I- crisis to me is Yemen and Syria. I mean, like, that's a humanitarian crisis because that's why the UN would declare one there. OK, so
1: l- I- let me ask you a question. Um, and I know that, you know, Max Blumenthal, you went with posts post, his videos um, and, you know, push back on the sort of mainstream media narrative. Are all the journalists from CNN, New York Times has done incredible reporting on this, from Nick Casey to, to Juan Ferrero and all these people, Washington Post, uh, papers in Venezuela, papers in Spain, have done some of the most harrowing reporting, video reporting of emaciated people, of people left to die in hospitals, of places where there's no running water and there's no electricity. Is that all faked?
5: No, uh I'm not going to accuse anybody of 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 concocting anything. I mean, I'd have to look at every single individual story. I do think, though, that when a country is a target of a uh, U.S. regime change operation, this is all prior to to any sanctions, by the way, when when a country is deemed to be an official U.S. enemy, we often then see a lot of uh, articles. Uh, demonizing that country's leadership—that's just how it goes. It happened to Nicaragua in the '80s when the when the when the Sandinistas were the target of U.S. regime change. It happens. That's just how it goes. And but, so, do you think in that the case it, of they're complicit? They're so, the the, the they're not, journalists are. I'm not saying they're complicit. But I'm saying that there are institutional pressures to toe the party line. It, like in the case of Venezuela, a, a few weeks ago, when the U.S. pulled this stunt of trying to push aid into the country, I think in what was an obvious effort to. Spark some kind of provocation, uh, some, some response from Venezuela. It was a ham fisted. That could justify then than than a harsh U.S. Yeah. Harsher US right? A, a harsher U S response. We all heard at first that the Venezuelans had burnt aid trucks on the bridge. I
0: mean, that seems and, like a point yeah. that you could probably concede one hand that, it, that? certainly with like the Gulf war, like we saw that, like you have U Ju- S journalists, journalists. Get it. It yeah. US journalists yeah. who get it's embedded insane, with the yeah. troops and they intense. see the story in a particular way wow. and they report on it, in it, that way.
1: it. if there, if there were 400 news operations and 400 different video crews filming this all around the country, that was somebody testifying before Congress, uh, like a Kuwaiti person who was like a member of like the royal family or something. Yeah. This is, we have documentary evidence for years and years and years. I mean, and it takes feats of imagination to say that this stuff isn't true. Mm-hmm. I mean, Venezuela is a country of extreme violence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, w- when I was there, when Chavez was alive, um, you know, there were 22,000 murders in a year of a country. I mean, we had 15,000 murders in that same year, 14,000. And we were a country, where a country of a 320 million, a country of, 30 million. That, I mean, so this is, to, I mean, this is, that into perspective this is, this is a, people. a, yeah, a, a violent, crazy. desperate country in a lot of ways and has been for, for a long time. It's especially bad now. And one doesn't need to look far to see and hear doctors. I mean, I, I heard something. Um, I sent it to you, actually. It's an mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. thing from 2016. Was a Planet Money? Uh, yeah, it was yeah. an NPR thing. Uh, and they were talking about the economic conditions of Venezuela and how insane it was and the, the absurd, insane things the government was doing to erase zeros from the spiraling inflation in a currency that was, you know, Weimar-like in its worthlessness. And nobody in that thing, you know, they're, they're pro-government people, anti-government people, all Venezuelans, economists, nobody said a damn thing about sanctions and this in 2016 because they didn't have any effect. There was literally, it was an economic mismanagement of the government, which is clear, it has been clear, and it's obvious, and you can point to things very, very specifically throughout from 1998 to today, right? So you have that, that, that kind of bell curve, and it's going up where, where oil prices are very, very high, so much so. So that, that Venezuela is not producing anything. They're, they're importing everything. They're impo- I mean, 75 percent of the food in Venezuela is imported. Right. And when your, yeah. your government spirals out of control and the economy spirals out of control and people are, you know, in desperate times calling for desperate measures. I think in certain situations, if, if, if you, Aaron, didn't like that government or thought it was a, a, a sort of Pinochet like government, you would say that the people have a, a right to revolt in that.
5: I, I think anybody has a right to revolt. And I think definitely, listen, I saw it for myself. A lot of people there hate the government. They do. I mean, I'm not going to dispute that. I saw, you know, I went to a rally where, you know, tens of thousands of people called Maduro a motherfucker. But which, by the way, I think undercuts this narrative about this country being a dictatorship when there are there is still uh, opposition media and there's still huge opposition rallies. And I and, and they're not being cracked down on in the ways that say, you know, if you're a protester in the occupied with territories, you're being cracked on, cracked down on there. July,
1: J- January 23rd, Juan Guaido declared himself the legitimate president of Venezuela, mm-hmm. that very day, 693 people were detained. That's not a That's that's a free country.
5: I don't think so. Well, listen,
1: I mean, uh, Leopoldo Lopez is still on house arrest. There are there are so many. I, I know but this, this is the, you're going to get into conspiracy theory about how he's some sort of CIA agent. No, no, no,
5: like, no, like the no, thing, no, no. The listen, thing about Michael, this, Michael, though, Michael, 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 but Michael, these are people. The, Let's not get into Leopoldo, but 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 you have to at least acknowledge but I wasn't going to accuse Leopoldo Lopez of being a CIA agent. I was. I didn't do it. But, you, I you, I like, no, but okay. yeah, no, I, 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 I said that you didn't. But okay. I will say this. The,
1: the, the reason that Juan Guaido can actually claim this is because the government dissolved his body where the opposition controlled it right. and you replaced it with a new one. That, the national, the nat- you know the counter
5: argument to that is that that body that he was in refused to basically do anything. Listen, and this is where, listen. That's what bodies like that should do. Well, no, this is. But the thing is. What I don't think you're taking into account is that they only—the opposition only has a certain base of support. Like, they they do have a base of support. I get it. I saw it, you know. I definitely saw it. But the Maduro side, they have a base of support, too. Um, They—and, you know, they—and, like— You're dismissing Venezuelan democracy and saying it's not there. You know, I saw some actually really admirable examples of democracy where going into poor neighborhoods, I I went to councils where people were complaining about the lack of protein and speaking actually to local officials about that and actually giving them hell for it. And this was a part of the communal councils that that the Chavista movement has set up, which I found very inspiring. Doesn't mean it's perfect there. Doesn't mean that like it's a shining democracy, but actually... I what I'm worried about is erasing the legitimate gains that the uh, 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 that the Chavez movement has made. Can
1: the, go- I, can the, go- the government's doing that for you. Uh, and I would say that also that that you know the media is controlled entirely by by the, the by Chavismo. It's not true. No, it's not true. No, it is true.
5: It, it, it's controlled mostly by by private corporations who who are still existing. Who,
1: who owns El Universal, the the once opposition newspaper? You don't know because nobody does. The Shell Company took it over and it became, became a Promodoro paper. There's one paper left. One el nacional and it doesn't have the paper to print it on it literally doesn't it stopped printing because i could not import paper anymore the okay. other thing is all the opposition on uh, all the op- okay. no no absolutely untrue the thing about this is on television you have state-run media the rest of it is there's a ton of opposition media but where is it it's on the internet what does can tv can they food. shut down they shut down the internet how many times in the past three months when Juan Guaido came back and he, he came back to, to Simon Bolivar Airport, he comes off the plane and there is a cascading shutdown across the Internet. In, sites are blocked. This well, is dem, Democratic governments. We'll do have not to fact block, check
5: this on Twitter afterwards. No, you are not to fact check it on Twitter. It's, I, uh, it's, I flipped the channels for myself and I saw plenty of opposition media on TV.
1: Yeah, but, the, they, but the, you're, that's on satellite television. You can get this stuff on satellite television. Poor people don't have that. Poor people also don't have reliable Internet connections and the government controls 80 percent of it. So these are things they control the levers of information. You know that you know what a cadena is. You know what that is. Right. Then they take over every band. You, that is insane. And that is not something that should be allowed in a democratic country. And It wouldn't be. That's why it isn't a democratic. I, country. I don't
0: I don't I won't give one hand the last word. I'll give it I'll give it to you because you're you're decidedly. Out, I'll, I'll, no, 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 I'll just no, no, no. I'll read it afterwards yeah. and add it <laughs> on the file. That's, that's not you wouldn't really do that. We're, we're, we're better yeah. than that. But I do want to I do want to see if there's a chance that you'll in your closing arguments see at a minimum, minimum, even if we're going to talk about the fact that there are sort of these green shoots of democracy that are still there, people are still attempting to speak out for themselves at a minimum, two things. One, the dissolving of the national legislature for whatever reasons, like creates a circumstance where you have serious questions about the legitimacy of sort of anyone's claim to lead in Venezuela. Yeah. And At a minimum, for anyone who is actually a part of the opposition at this point, when you speak out, you speak out and you know that there's a possibility that you could be put in jail or you could face some sort of recriminations from the government, which it's certainly possible in the United States that if you say Donald Trump is a monster racist who gropes women and perhaps has committed rape and has committed treason. Maybe you go to jail for that, although no one has done it. And pretty much everyone says that sort of thing. So I, I think at a minimum, any conversation about sort of democratic legitimacy and in Venezuela like has to sort of exist underneath that umbrella. And
5: that is a pretty heavy anvil to I, get carry that. Around. I get it. I guess what I think you guys are leaving out of your narrative is that you have an opposition that I don't think has acted in good faith, that has rejected good faith attempts at dialogue brokered by the former Spanish prime minister, brokered by the UN. Uh, there have been agreements made that the opposition itself has walked away from. I'm not going to defend the uh, uh, going around the national, the, the uh, parliament. I, like I think, you know, I can't, I can't defend that. But What I think basically is you have a polarized country with a bunch of, you know, sides that are very dug in and you have a government that has been besieged, not just internally, but from the outside as well. And when you put people in the situation, yeah, they're going to do fucked up things. And I think the I think the Venezuelan government has um, come from a more defensive posture over these last 20 years than it has been in terms of, you know, cracking down on democracy as as exemplified by the fact that it has won the vast majority of its elections. And despite what Michael said, I mean, you have a very uh, openly hostile media and an influential media as well. Uh, I can't speak to, to the newspaper part. You know, like I I think uh, uh, that's something I, I'm not well versed in. But on TV, I saw it for myself. You have television networks privately controlled that are openly anti-government. And it's that context plus the sanctions part. And the just the impact of of being under the gun of the world's biggest power. That I don't think—at least I'm not going to write out of the equation. No, we and we haven't either. I think. Yeah, there's I, been, I just want to finish on one point. We can move there. on from
1: this, and I appreciate being a sport about this. Um, you know, you do have opposition television stations that are sometimes, oftentimes, based somewhere that isn't Venezuela because it's not safe for them to be there, and they are not allowed on the public band. They just—they can't be. thats it's you know. You see newspapers taken over. You see two, three, three television stations that I can think of that you know, Venevisión, uh, uh um, uh, RCTV taken off the air, right? Or their their license is not renewed for various uh, silly reasons that we wouldn't allow in this country. But I, the final point I'll make is that sometimes I think that when you're in there and when you're seeing the things around you, and I, I'm not, I don't think you know, I talked to you before this and talked to you in this conversation, and I would say that you're going there in good faith, I that you said that it's, you know, it, I didn't expect it for it to be, the government to be as besieged by the people as it was or whatever you said that it was. that you As said unpopular.
5: That, uh, as unpopular.
1: So I get that you're open to mm-hmm. to different ideas, but sometimes I think that you can't see the forest from the trees, not you, but one can't. Um, you know, you said, I think it was on Twitter, I can't remember where I saw it, that you said that you had talked to the mayor of
5: Caracas. Was that the, the I had seen the mayor of Caracas doing yeah. at, at an event where people were complaining and yeah. and and she was there listening to their concerns. Okay, so
1: that was the democratic example you used, which is pretty interesting, and I think that that's good that they're doing it. I also think it's bad that you're in a situation where you have to c- complain to the mayor of Caracas. But I think the thing that you're not she, she re- was yeah.
5: attending a public event yeah. and where where people were not just complaining but also talking about just you know issues that they had in terms of. Uh, things they wanted to dealt with in their community, and they were exchanging ideas. And, and the mayor of of Caracas was there.
1: Okay, so the interesting thing about that is, it looks like a shining example of democracy at work. And uh, maybe that's true. Um, but when you think two steps back, you realize that Anthony Ledesma, the mayor of Caracas, is now living in Spain, and he fled in the middle of the night after being detained. Uh, through uh, Columbia, the Colombian border. Nobody knows how he got out, but he did. And after that happened, they dissolved the mayor's office of Caracas. It wasn't a thing anymore. And then they created this sort of parallel one, which is, um, I think, the person that you saw. So right beneath that stuff, there's always something else going on. And that is not a a place you want to live. And that's not that's not a democracy in any definition of the word that I'm familiar with.
5: Okay, and so I'll just say, I think we differ here on who is being the most shady. Uh, I think I, I think the government is pretty I think it's much me. No, 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 no yeah, like just like, like is just about me. I'm and you. not de- like, like, uh, I'm surely not going to deny that this government has screwed up, made horrible decisions, had bad economic policies, didn't listen to the right people. I mean, Mark, we- Mark Weisbrot, who you know is very sympathetic to the Bolivarian Revolution in Venezuela, will be the first to tell you that this government has listened to the wrong people economically and made terrible decisions, and you know might be responsible for more of the crisis than I'm. That I'm acknowledging here. Uh, but my concern, especially as a Westerner, is what role my governments are playing in a country that I just don't think we have any business in. I don't, don't think—like, Venezuelans aren't sitting around debating about, you know, Donald Trump's uh, internal policies. Sure, I think know, that's fair. And, and there's just sort of, there's sort of an imperial hubris that I think— uh, Underscores some of the conversations that we have, especially in ter- especially from the Trump administration, uh-huh. getting so involved in their affairs. And I think it's f- for something of Venezuelans to work out. I'm all for people revolting against their government, sure. you know, and, and, and we should su- we should support their right. But I just don't. I'm against us getting involved. Or we'll say, yeah. Aaron,
1: I was saying, Aaron, I will, I will appeal to you, and one final appeal. Uh, to <laughs> tell you, you that that I, on this we agree. The United States government should not be meddling in the affairs of. Uh, Venezuela militarily or any other way uns- sanctionarily. You know, I, sanctionarily. sanctionarily, yeah. sanctionarily. Uh, We 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 agree on that. We give um, Russia a pass. Then. But I, I just yeah, we give Russia a pass. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're landing planes and everything's fine. Yeah, um, good guys. But but I I will just say this: uh, you can, and I implore you to think about this position, to possibly take this position. You can hate that that imperial hubris of the United States government. You're going to oppose the policies of Donald Trump, and it doesn't mean you have to support the people on the other side. You can think they're both bastards because they are.
5: OK, uh, point taken. Uh, you know, I uh, I I can say the same thing to you is you can oppose uh, the Trump administration, but then not necessarily oppose uh, uh, support the people who are opposing the people who you don't like in venezuela as well you know it's it, it's just i it's something i just don't think some i do oppose
1: and some i don't yeah I mean, as I mean, you said
5: the the the, the opposition is very fractured yes it is it certainly is well let's agree on that note yeah
1: <laughs> i i i don't i don't we like, to like to end on a kumbaya <laughs> okay. yeah, we well, always we're always do well yeah but, always this, but i
0: was gonna say i, I don't like to ask to people questions about their future. family like on, on recordings and stuff your dad is gabber mate yeah he wrote "Realm of Hungry Ghosts. That's right. It's yeah. a phenomenal fucking book.
5: Yeah. Oh, well, hey. Yeah. Uh, I'll pass it on. I mean,
0: people should read that book. It's uh, it's about uh, drug addiction in uh, e- Van- e- Vancouver, right?
5: Yeah. 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 It's yeah. a
0: really like haunting.
1: Yeah, you're it's a, you're Hungarian, right?
5: Yes. And yeah.
1: did did your parents
5: or grandparents leave in '56? Exactly. There you yeah. go. Yeah. My father left in '56 with my. Uh, grandparents. And so you kids. should love Rebellion Against, against commies. You. Sorry. I, I <laughs> think, I, I, I your love dad
0: does you. not
4: agree with you about Venezuela. <laughs> Let's be honest about this. No, seriously. Your
1: dad does <laughs> not agree with <laughs> you. Don't bring his you. father Come into on. Your, your dad must have been a 60s. He's it. probably a 60s left. <laughs> no, his, his dad was a 56er. <laughs> No, but your dad was probably young when that. How, how old His was your father when that? He twelve.
5: Was, he was twelve.
4: Yeah. yeah. But no. Yeah. But seriously, what?
1: what not to. Not to like but to what, your what are? But what are you? I lived f- in
4: Hungary for three years. Your dad does not agree with you,
5: about Venezuela. <laughs> no, he's right? tw- he, he was twelve. He doesn't draw a parallel between the Soviet <laughs> <Yeah. that laughs> yeah. control Hungarian uh, government uh, really? and Venezuela. Yeah. 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 So imagine that. But no, yeah. no, no, no.
4: Yeah. that's that's that's
5: actually interesting because I
4: I know a lot of Czech 68ers and Hungarian 56ers and they. <laughs> don't spend a lot of time Appreciating fine distinctions between Socialist them. governments yeah, I don't
5: blame it's them It's more
0: like <laughs> I see commie. But for the but record what, what The Realm of Hungry Ghosts Is a book about drug addiction Yeah Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a physician Yeah exactly That's a book about yeah. drug addiction You should read it What are your
1: dad's politics? Did you grow up in a sort of Milieu of like leftist politics? He's
5: really lefty I mean you yeah. know So for example I mean like One of my first points of reference Was he He's like
1: to- Max Blumenthal Is like too right wing <laughs>
5: uh, No no, No no no
1: That's no, a sentence That's never been said no, no.
5: He uh, he. One of my first memories was him going to Nicaragua in the eighties. Yeah. When the a Sandalista. Well, he, he he wouldn't define himself as a Sandalista, but yeah. he probably did go in the same contingent as as the Sandalistas. And yeah. And I remember him telling me about what the Reagan administration was trying to do there, and you know, it it, it definitely informed my politics. Where you had a a popular movement that was that had popular support had uh, overthrown a dictatorship and now the 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 Reagan administration was trying to choke it off through economic warfare and a terrorist campaign through the Contra War and that you know that was very formative for me. And uh, you know, so I I've been we'll have been we'll have a separate show on that. Uh, no <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. shit. Like, yeah. fucking he's like, hey, morning, I, I know
1: when to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Can I, can I, uh... I like Aaron. I just, I just I just think he's insane on Venezuela. His dad's lovely. Great book, according Great book, to Camille. Yeah. It's right on Russia. Gotta get an award? He's got award winning? Not just according to Camille. He's not gonna win any awards on Venezuela. Well. Not just according to Camille. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Camille. I agree with you. Yeah. That. I, I, we can we can agree that's, on that, Michael. Yeah. I'm definitely not learning that's, any words yeah, had, That's so, uh, definitely yeah.
0: not going to happen. Also <laughs> a great book, according to... Uh, Have one, you read it? One Carl Hart. Yes. I, I, I couldn't oh, praise the Carl. book and say it was Carl. great if I, I, know, I know, full of read shit it. a lot of times. No, I don't
3: lie about <laughs> that sort
5: of thing. I remember Carl uh, citing it. Yeah. Do you know Carl Hart? I know of his work, and I'm, okay. like big, I'm a big admirer. Yeah. yeah,
1: Wow. Yeah, And Camille's an old, old pal. He's palling around with There's, Carl. It's
0: actually racist to assert that all black people know each other. <laughs> no, so I, I actually record. have had I'm not black. I've so. had dinner
3: with you guys twice. That's we're true.
0: true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. For
0: the record, also yeah. fair. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> How much time do we do? Folks have. Do you need to run? I can, can kind of 925 this? I got a babysitter So hurry How how much longer Can I stretch this Well ask I'm Aaron good, too. Go. He's a guest. Let's go Like yeah. could we do Like another 15-20 minutes Just sure. talk a little do Democratic 15. primary Yeah sure do Okay Yeah So I wanted to try To sneak in one more thing Hair I wanted to talk Joe. Yeah I wanted to talk About the 2020 <laughs> oh, Democratic primary Because some shit's going on People are raising Fuck tons of money. I think fuck tons is a fair can number. At least, I, at least. Camille, as compared, can I touch your hair? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> at least, as compared Has anyone to anyone ever uh, like previous asked you to touch Kennedy. your hair. By the way, actually, no, really, not, not that I can remember. That's not how in this not country. Black you are not in this country. Yeah. Yeah. It, in yes. Ch- actually, and they didn't ask. They just China? did it in China. Yeah, wow. someone touched my hair. Um, also, someone said Kanye West. Kanye West uh, <laughs> really wanted to take a picture with me. Um and yes. oh they God. definitely wanted to take pictures with my wife. More of them wanted to take pictures with my wife. And I always refer to Chinese people as them. Yeah. It's sure, but <laughs> my question is no, shorthand. It's,
1: it's weird, I've taken pictures of your wife. Yeah. yeah. So Is she clothed? I mean, did you not tell you? It, well, it was. I thought weird. I set the whole thing. We were. We were actually <laughs> in China. Day it's funny because we were in China. Yeah. It was really weird. Yeah. And I was like, "Can I go ahead?" Yeah. I'm not going to say. It, so. we, shouldn't, so we shouldn't. So did allow. you? I'm
3: going to mark the time code there.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Thank you. I yeah, appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Did you yeah. like acknowledge that you actually were Kanye West? And I like, did.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, it's my spirit animal So it's kind of the same thing They were obviously aware of it They were huge fans of the podcast That is why they wanted to take photos with me Nothing racist about it at all <laughs> um, I don't even know what the hell I was talking about What, were, what was I saying? Oh, we were talking about Democratic primary yes. fundraising and stuff yeah. But beyond the fundraising Because that shit is boring I mean, I don't really care about the fact that, you know Beto managed to raise tons and tons of money, How about Pete having Buttigieg not articulated raising, raising any. A whole ton of money. Yeah, but Pete Budaj is that, is that what we're going with? Is that the Boot official edge, edge, edge. Edge.
3: Boot. Boot yeah. edge, edge? Butt edge. Butt edge. Butt edge. Butt edge.
0: Butt edge. You know what? You keep know your fucking. I want to say It's nuts. very important. No, that's what I was going to say. You know, his name has the word "butt" in it, but you can't make any jokes about. That sort of thing. You're not going to man. People are actually that being suspended. Be completely on completely inappropriate. People are being suspended <laughs> and on I Twitter condemn, today. Any Jamaican is like, uses that
3: is like I am pointing, pointing my finger. finger. It's, like, it's like that's exactly right. Finger. Totally inappropriate. According to former Fifth Column guest Jesse Singlet, people are being suspended from Twitter today for, for making, making jokes. For making about jokes his name? about his last name. Yes. You know and why, his
0: sexuality he, And connection. You know just literally.
3: Last
1: name is funny. I look. There's two things about this, by the way. I don't approve of that kind of joke on Twitter. I I don't. don't. Yeah. No. Uh, Second yeah. of all, it's it reminds me of uh, the Tim. I, I, I don't. I don't. It's just the, this is the thing that's. The, I mean, I'm just saying in public. <laughs> uh, the, the more important, the more important issue here is that it reminds me of the um, uh, the Seinfeld episode with uh, with uh, with the guy from uh, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. Where he's the doctor. Yeah. Uh, the
3: dentist. Who's, yeah. Who converts it, it, the
1: Judaism. It, 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 yeah. to it offends jokes. you as a Jewish person. No, it offends me as a comedian. Yeah. The issue is that the jokes
0: are bad. This yeah. is true. This many, no, right. so Many bad Just jokes. Stop it. with the bad jokes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Do, do do something funny. But but what I wanted do to really funny. talk about was Joe Biden, who a man yeah. who's not even in the race yet. Did You watch the video, but who has created? I did watch his apology video. Oh, I meant the um, hair sniffing video. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the supercut super I made. Well, this is the thing. Aaron, Biden, Aaron and I made it. Biden <laughs> isn't in
0: the race yet. He is still leading in the polls at the moment. Um, um, followed by followed by um, um, Bernie, Bernie. Sanders right now. Aaron's um, friend. well, I don't know. I who Aaron is is excited about right now but there there is sort of this interesting situation going on where um, a woman she's a from Las Vegas. It's not a woman Certain now.
4: It's it's four. But Lucy, like yeah, yeah. Lucy the first Flores. I was, was, the one. Well, was Flores. just saying
0: that she Lucy Flores wrote this piece yes. um, about media the about, too, about yeah. the circumstance. The where,
4: first of the twenty
0: seven pieces, until yeah. he decides. But not this to is run. but this is something that everyone had seen. Joe Biden has always been like very handsy. Sniffing hair doing all sorts of. I, stuff. I don't know if this is
1: true, but I heard Please during the it, the, the whole the Me Too stuff is happening. there's a bunch of things going on and. And um, I heard that uh, the New York Times was looking into Joe Biden at the time. Is that right? I think I might have, I don't think I mentioned the show, Man, but I, we're but. All drunk. I heard it from somebody who I consider fairly reliable. Mm-hmm. You notice I qualified fairly reliable. Is this also the person who
0: told you about the warden of the Supreme court who is uh, going to be arrested? Yeah. Trump- oh yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: It was when I was hanging out with, uh, with, uh, that British, that, that, yeah. that, that, that British lass, Louise <laughs> Mensch. I mean, what's she been wrong about so far? <laughs> um, so the Lord Admiral, <laughs> Yeah, the, the Lord Admiral of the Supreme court. It, I went to Steve Bannon's funeral after he was executed. <laughs> Awful! It's terrible. It's terrible. It people Had it crying.
5: COVID. Had it COVID. People crying. By the way, James <laughs> O'Keefe was crying. Former New York Times op-ed page contributor. Yes, that's right. Yes. Louis right. Mensch. Yep. Yes. Louis right. And I don't it's think incredible. that that's a shows, to the era.
1: And I don't think it shows like any conspiracy. I think it shows that people were like, "Oh, you're an MP <laughs> <laughs> and you live in America. That's good." But I was like, "Did you not follow? I'm like, what's the Twitter?" Which yeah, <laughs> Twitter? yeah, yeah to, she's insane. Yeah,
3: it used to be just the accent, but you're an MP or you're. Please, you know, I had dinner
1: with her when she first moved to America with Heath Street. No, 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 no before this that. is before I was at Newsweek yeah. and I said, oh, this woman, she had just uh, finished the um, the <laughs> inquiry, the, the press inquiry, and she kind of came out of that as a bit of a star.
4: This is the press inquiry into Rupert Murdoch yeah. empire yes. on the yes. British side, tapping into people's phones. Yeah, despite, News the Steve whatever. Coogan,
1: oh, yeah. News of the World. So she was a bit of a star in her husband. Is the manager of Metallica, by the way. I don't know if people wow, know that. That's a deep cut. Is that cut. not? Is it that's don't know a that? deep cut. No, yeah, one that knows that. that's true. Wow. Uh, her husband's the Meta- manager of Metallica oh, and a couple oh, other bands. And so they decided oh, after oh, that, she was not going to run for her, cons- her constituency. And she was a chicklet novelist under, a, under yeah. a pen name. So she came to New York and was tweeting, nothing, Russia stuff, Trump hadn't existed. And so I went to meet her on the Upper West Side to do a profile of her because there was some kind of idea that she might be the next – like a pretty conservative woman that would be on fox or something right and so i went and talked to her and i had a i'd never wrote the piece and i have the tape i taped it i still have it somewhere um it was just because she was a bit off <laughs> There was something a bit off about it no. i didn't know what it was and i was like i don't know I actually if you're feel a get, little bad laughing a, Michael, what's get, your
5: theory about her do you think she's actually a like just straight up troll trying to basically no disgrace i think, the left i think she's i think she's a little touched okay so she yeah. just touched okay yeah because I, I, she just, ran heat
4: street well she got fired a murdoch uh, Ye- property Ooh. on the internet to be like half libertarian cool, hip, young, yeah, yeah. About
5: you 18 were, 18, were Trying to, to ish- disgrace ish- the anti-trump left like the anti-Trump resistance. Yeah. Wouldn't you want?
1: I would create in a lab something called Luis Ma- <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Did Heat Street last a full calendar year? I don't think it I did. Don't know. But the But the, the, there yeah. was, yeah.
1: Uh, it was like Noah, Noah Koch um, uh, who's, who ran it with her. And she had an ignominious departure, I think. <laughs> I don't know. But she left um rather quickly and, and i believe dies, that yeah. she i believe that she was hired because i think in that it, the press inquiry she was one of the people that was actually kind of defending rupert murdoch and i believe she got a sun column out of it or had a sun column previously <laughs> which was owned by by news corp but yeah it's it is i don't, shows I don't you... think you can fake that thing
0: that she's doing
1: i no. don't think you can fake that no it'd you be impressive
5: if she was fake yeah so it'd be impressive
0: but, but,
4: but like but, a lot of these people will will do the crab walk and we've already seen this i was, I was looking at uh William uh, Salatan, Salatan, I don't know how to mm-hmm. pronounce his name, and he's a guy whose whose work I've I've enjoyed over the I li- years. I like Will Pershing Yeah, he's a very uh, nice guy at Slate, and he wrote a piece uh, just a couple of days ago. Like, what is your first piece after you know the uh, the bar gloss on the Mueller report? And uh, his is Trump's treachery goes way beyond Russia. Oh. Right? Will Sands uh, said that. Uh, yeah, uh, who's a, a pretty reasonable guy. Um, and, it, like, beyond the report, there's plenty of evidence that Trump has collaborated with Russia against the U.S. government uh, interests <sighs> and this kind Can't of stuff. Can't these people
1: just admit he's a shitty president and that there's nothing. There's it's, nothing. That's, that's like. It's kind of. It's uh, weird. I and mean, yeah. this is.
4: The McCarthyites. Yeah, like, these are smart people. This is not yeah. Louise Mensch, uh, yeah. who I, I've, I've met once or twice, and she's, uh, like, charming, but, like, batty as, yeah. as, as, as all hell. But, like, people will just do the crab walk and go to this other. Side position over here, um, without having really like dealt with themselves, and, I, I, and and this is this is where like the the Matt Taibbi uh, 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 comparison of the Iraq War thing, I think, actually hits home. Not in terms of overall impact, yeah. but in terms of the way that individuals who were part of it. There's even an analogy to the Cold War here.
1: Um, but I think he made that. I think he specified that that's what he was saying. That he wasn't saying, you know, like hundreds of thousands of people died in the Iraq War. And I'm like, yeah, he's talking about the no, kind, he had like how deep about the the media class went in in this exactly thing. Right. And exactly. I saw him getting dragged for this. And I'm like, no, I think you're missing the point. No, yeah. he like explicitly, and, and there yeah.
5: are reasons to you know like quibble with certain characteristics of uh, of the piece. But like- I think it's worse personally in terms of media malpractice, not in terms of obviously human consequences, but in terms of the media screw up with Russia Gate. I think it's way worse. Why? No, no. Actually, I'm I'm curious to hear more about well, that. Well, because at least Saddam Hussein was like a bad guy. You know, I mean, you know, I mean like Are it's you Vladimir Putin's not a bad guy. He no, sucks. I mean, Vladimir Putin is a bad guy, but you know the idea. But then that doesn't just because Vladimir Putin is a bad guy doesn't mean that him him and Donald Trump, you know, reality TV show host Donald J. Trump secretly conspired in this like grand scheme to win an election. I mean, it's a lot more far fetched then this idea that Saddam Hussein might still have weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. I mean, even though the evidence at the time pointed to the fact that he didn't, but uh, you know, it's just like, it's like in terms of what's possible. Yeah. I mean, I, I can believe that maybe Saddam Hussein might have weapons of mass destruction. and right. Might have a lot of people with- thought a lot of people did. Yeah, sure. uh, you know, France and the guess, UK and the uh, UN yeah, all yeah. thought they didn't. I mean I, I mean, I didn't believe it, and I didn't think the evidence pointed to it. But like you were like ca- ten years old. The <laughs> fucking. I, uh, I was older than that. But you know, but, <laughs> he but was I, the
1: youngest <laughs> Canadian <laughs> UN inspector. I do, I, I, I do actually
5: what have means? that distinction. It's yeah, actually yeah. true. I do have that distinction <laughs> as the youngest yeah. Canadian inspector. It's quite an honor. It's quite an honor to get to that level. Yeah, but Aaron, can, sure I, have, can I ask a question? This is somebody
1: who's been so deep in this. And we've talked about people like Virginia Heffernan, people. Uh-huh. Is there someone? In this kind of pantheon of like weirdos and losers and people have gotten this wrong, that surprised you the most? who is somebody that you maybe
5: had respect for prior to all this happening? Well, you there's push. an obvious answer to that. You oh, might no. know it. Oh no, it's Marcy Wheeler. Right, oh yeah, I was ask about uh, yeah. That. empty I wheel. to ask about yeah. empty wheel. I saw her you guys on have
0: Al Jazeera yesterday. Huge yeah. enemies. Has she blocked you on Twitter? No, no, no. no, no. See, and yet. this is where I
5: respect Marcy is because she always, at least, well, she actually won't debate me now in a situation like this. I mean, but I've seen some, some but shit she go back. Better. And you know, and she does know a lot of facts. She's very well researched, mm-hmm. and I've admired her work for for you know as long as I've been watching politics. And uh, I think she's very bright. I just think she went off the deep end when it comes to this Trump Russia conspiracy. Are, are you, I mean, you
1: still friendly with her? I mean, no, no. Is, but, it's ruined a friendship.
5: Well, we, we weren't we were, friends. Prior. We were never yeah. friends. But but I would you know I in my old job I, I was at an outlet called the Real News, and I would have her on, and we would have some very civil discussions. I was in him. the Real
4: News, Paul Jay. That's right. Hmm. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Yeah. So, so we'd have very civil discussions and we'd, we disagree, (laughs) but they're very civil. But Twitter- Basically, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> doing, really, doing, it ruins everybody's everything. friendship. Like you, and, like I can yell at you about Venezuela and, <laughs> and, and be fine with it here. Yeah, on Twitter, I'd be like, fucking oh, yeah. Twitter, Jesus.
0: Twitter brought us together.
5: That's right. Well, but but we mostly brings people I apart. We were love about in like
0: Zuccotti Park, right? Yeah. But it started on Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah. Park.
5: But it's Marcy became to me like an unhinged conspiracy <laughs> theorist. Where yeah. literally, she even said that she had herself direct evidence of collusion. And so for me, she testified to the FBI. Well, she it was about something. She spoke to the FBI, yeah. and, uh, you know, testified, I think is too, it's too generous, okay. but, you know, she, she offered up information that she felt she, she had a source who she turned into the FBI claiming that this source she believed, took part in what she called the Russian attack. But this person was
0: not associated with the Trump campaign. I think I've heard her say that. She's never. Uh, So uh, I I think she said
1: that about a week ago. I want some clarity on this because I saw some mention of it. And, you know, this has not been my issue in the way that it's been Aaron's issue or Matt Taibbi's issue or Glenn Greenwald's issue.
0: I don't know too much about... You just mentioned me in that pantheon, too. I'm no, a part I, of that whole no, thing. No, you're not. You really don't do anything. Okay. Seriously, could you, seriously, <laughs> could you, could I you mean, shut it? This is a little
4: racist. S- can you? Saying, saying, like, I don't want to talk about it yeah. Like <laughs> during weeks when, like, people get arrested is not the same as being like bravely never
1: happened. (laughs) I'm looking at this contraption here and I'm trying to figure out how to cut Camille's mic on it, but it's not working. But so this, I mean, from what you just said, and I saw some like brief mention of it on, Uh. on Twitter. She turned in a source she to the FBI? <laughs> the problem is... Like, that's the problem not is,
0: a thing that you do as a journalist. Yeah, I, I, I want to say bitches be snitching, but I'm not going <laughs> yeah, to say that. Because I'll that would be that. inappropriate. Hey, I'm going to check so the time. That's problem problem is, 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 right? uh, <laughs> no, is the no, only No, that's page. my culture. I'm allowed to say things like that. <laughs> but just for everyone. I mean, I mean bitch in the sort of colloquial yes. sense. Yes, We all we love all women. That's why we call them bitches. Could you let Aaron make his point? Sorry.
5: In fact, I'm going to stay out of this whole time. Yeah. We'll edit that out. This is the Johnny Walker double black. I'm yeah, not here. I'm home. on the left, so I got to be. I'm yeah, accountable to a different. You're accountable to a different, <laughs> different god, <laughs> totally different god. So, so, yeah. Yeah. The the so Marcy, yes, turned overtime. in a, a what she claimed was a source of hers to the FBI, claiming that source played, in her view, a significant role in the Russian attack on the election. And the problem is, though, the only people calling that out right now are people like Michael Tracy, yeah, you know, and uh, and myself and Glenn Greenwald, where we've brought attention to it, but we're not going to make it a. Signature issue because there are bigger, you know, fish for us to but fry. But it's pretty yeah, bad. It's pretty fucked up. It yeah. Is. It is. <laughs> like it, but how did
1: she admit this publicly?
5: She came out She's with it publicly. And, instead, it, and if you look at the media coverage and this speaks to one aspect of how like just degraded uh, uh, the media has become when it comes to Russiagate. She was venerated for this decision. I mean, like the the headline by Margaret Sullivan in the mm. Washington Post, who's mm. like I think a pretty astute media commentator most of the time nope. was okay, Why are you it was a, a journalist's conscience leads her to go to the FBI or wow. so? I'm paraphrasing, but it's wow. something like that. So basically she, she, people and I don't I don't want to single her out because she is one of many people who've gotten a pass for I think promoting, you know, unethical and deranged. Conspiracy theories, but because they fit this comforting narrative that Trump was a Russian agent, I mean, they've gotten a pass. That's and, so crazy. Maybe now there'll be some reckoning. I, I don't know. I, maybe but the there's is, something
1: I don't get about is, this. But, is the, the, but
5: the, is, yeah.
4: is the foundational story, sorry, just on a, a fact question, like was it was someone that she was just sort of normally talking to in the course of doing journalism and analysis <laughs> that she thought, oh, my God, this person might have the Russia stuff on him or her.
5: <laughs> this person sent her a text message. Predicting something that she said was prescient about Michael Flynn's conversations with the Russians. Uh, okay, that's after, this, yeah. this
1: is the beginning, and it, yeah, it's the beginning of the movie where she gets the text.
5: Yeah.
0: For some reason, I, I'm I, she's played by Jimmy Stewart. You know I, what's you know what's <laughs> funny? This conversation began, or at least yeah. took this turn after I tried to turn us towards Biden. always yeah. right. you know, yeah. comes back to so yeah. we don't yeah. we don't have to talk about Biden. No, um, I, in I fact, already we, did I think sniffing we sniffing sounds. We could probably run out of here in a little bit. Well, let's well, just
1: say this. Let's just say this yeah. is that. I mean, do you think – the question is, is do you think this is going to have some effect on his campaign? Because I think oftentimes us people that work in media – tend to think that everybody else thinks like us and gives a shit about the same things we think about. Imagine and maybe people him. don't care about the hair sniffing and think <laughs> the video when he's like, I don't know, things have changed. Maybe that's things, sufficient. How many things <laughs> has
4: he apologized for already, including <laughs> tonight in a new, like, thrilling video about his hair sniffing Shot problem.
3: vertically as only an old person would. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't shoot it himself. Of yeah. course, but he... That's
0: actually a thing that the youngs yeah. do, because that's the whole, like, Snapchat Instagram thing. You don't I, know, like, Fisher. You're so but he's but is that old You're like cool. I, would, but I would say but he's like an old
1: man like I would say if I was on their side yeah. you know he's like turn it to landscape yeah I can't <laughs> I got a very short right. no yeah right just like that let me touch your hair Why so, he's Jimmy like, Stewart huh? just, Yeah I guess yeah. so This <laughs> <laughs> is an old man voice I guess it's just Why would
4: you like subject yourself to this process of running for office no, you you must have this them. office right now, you can't help yourself. This if you're party, Joe Biden, this exactly. office, right now, you can't now. help it's yourself. Joe Biden, I, I get He's only that. ever run
3: for office. It's yeah. yeah. only yeah. job he's ever it's had. All only for office. president, over I get all that. I get doing, all that.
0: He's doing it for all of us, Matt. But
4: imagine what he's going to be dragged through. He doesn't care. Not if he, No, not if he gets I the mean, ring. no, he's like Uncle Joe. We still remember him almost as Uncle Joe. He's only got like four hair sniffers to come out of the
0: woodwork so far. <laughs> it's going to be 27. I didn't touch her. I just sniffed Listen, her. What yeah. if he, I mean, some, that hair smells good. I, I don't think so this could good. have any sort of consequence for him because you know, white privilege. No, because we are in the era of grabbing by the pussy and that you nope. can't be stopped you can't be it's said, a, but, a democratic primary and i'm telling you and he is leading the field right now which tells us okay. a great deal about the distance between what people on twitter who are progressives get excited about I'm, and I'm what actual bet, democratic voters I'm think. willing to bet I'm just 100
4: Whole they don't dollars. care. They $100. don't care. The people, me Look and you, who right they now. Like. Me and you, right now. Hundred dollars. By the way, I'm not I, saying he's going to win. I'm not saying it guys, doesn't matter.
5: he's guys, not even going to win. That's not the reason. Guys, but double black,
1: double black. Stop. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have you have a progressive here. <laughs> that's my nickname. Who you could ask about yeah. these things. No,
5: but are I, you saying yeah. no, I, I, I'm, I'm not progressive? Do you I. can't speak for the progressive. How do you? How
0: do you self-identify then? I'm a
5: progressive, but I don't speak because you know I, like. These issues around, you know, uh, Me Too and, Uh you know, these important issues, I just I'm not very well versed in them. Wow. So I I can't speak for how
0: that's the most man, male thing I've heard all day. (laughs) I would would only would only
3: suggest looking at the polls. This time, before uh-huh. like eighteen months before any election, yeah, and President Rudy Giuliani, yeah, yeah. And President, <laughs> and, and, and all these presidents, President Howard Dean, it's true. Hillary you know, like, it's by fifty nine yeah. percent. But, but I still
0: it's don't incredible. think that the things that, well, whatever, yes, yes I can point. certainly
5: agree that the things that we all get excited about on Twitter and in our yeah. coastal bubbles yes. are not don't do, do not redound yes. to the electorate because, as Donald <laughs> Trump's election showed, all I mean, I didn't think Donald Trump was going to no. win. Yeah, yeah, you nobody know? here did. Yeah, Aaron, so, if you yeah. look,
1: if you look at out in this, I in this, that. in this crowded field at the moment, is there anyone that kind of resonates? Any anyone that's like Maduro-like that resonates with you? <laughs> is there yeah. someone that's like ah, that's what a, a cheap that's yeah. that's
5: <laughs> that, by <laughs> the way, <laughs> good, good enough, ball buster. Buster. By, by the way, that good was buster, absolutely a cheap shot. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get the last word.
3: Yeah, who has the
1: mustache? Yeah. <laughs> are, you a, are you a Bernie guy?
5: I'm. A, you know, Ish. If I had to pick, I'm a Bernard brother. I yeah. support what what Bernard he, you brother. Yeah, I, I like that. that's the more sophisticated that's an upgrade. You know, I like I'm, that. I'm just inspired by what he did in 2016, and I and I think he, you know, all the things that the Democratic Party avoided by promoting Russia Gate. Um, I think he represents because I I think that he, you know, Michael. Like before the show, uh, uh, you were talking about how going to the swing states and seeing that there was support for for Bernie among yeah, the people who voted lots, for Trump. Uh-huh. And I and I don't think I don't think all those people are racist and misogynists. Yeah. I think that there's both Bernie and Trump like, yeah. uh-huh. spoke to a genuine pain in this country Stop that it. we ignore in our coastal bubbles. And that's why part of why I support Bernie because unlike Trump, he's not conning people into, into thinking that yeah. he will he, he will address the issues that they're dealing with. Yeah, no, he's not, uh, but, but, not but, uh, conning
0: them, but he may or may not be able to address them.
5: Well, that's another question. But yeah, I think happening. he's sincere, at least unlike Trump, I, I, in his conviction. And uh, um, I mean, listen, I'd, I'd also be thrilled even with Elizabeth Warren if she won because I think that domestically, I don't agree with her on foreign policy mostly, but domestically, I think she has a lot to offer. And you know, on foreign policy. Tulsi Gabbard, I'm thrilled that she's at least in the running because I think that she will bring a much needed diversity to the debate if she can make if she can make it to the debate stage, because she, to me, represents a genuine anti-war position, critical of things that usually aren't questioned in either circle, either the Republican field or the Democrats in terms of questioning, you know, US uh, invasions abroad and US proxy wars abroad, like in Syria. So I I hope Tulsi at least Hmm. makes the debate stage. That's a novel use of the word diversity. Usually when I hear people
0: say (laughs) the word diversity, they're referring to superficial things like the shape and shade of your genitals. But there you are actually referring (laughs) to the ideas that that people have. I literally
1: there, we have a very big, I want to, we have a big listener base at this point. I'm Uh very proud of what we've done. And you have just implanted a vision of of your the shape of your genitals in most of their heads. Right I said the shape and to shade, to shade Tulsies, of your genitals. So whoever's genitals you want to imagine, yeah. just imagine the By shape the way, and shade of them. You're the only quote unquote diverse guy in the room. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Uh, Aaron is Hungarian. That might be true for different he's reasons. He's a Hungarian <laughs> Canadian. Can, can, can or, I say
0: or, one? Can I say yeah. one um, thing about Ben Wittes, who's someone who I have I've wow. had critical things to say um, about in the past because I think he would often sort of. <laughs> mm-hmm. The clown himself uh, when he was doing his sort of order of the baby cannon nonsense on the interwebs. Um, and, and Ben, though, is someone who I think oftentimes when he writes, I read it and I profit from it because there's a lot of detail and nuance. He's I think without a doubt, yeah. um, Ben has, unlike many people who are have sort of bought into resistance conspiracy theories post the Bar Memo. Um, has written a piece for The Atlantic, uh, I think, on the first, actually. So maybe it's an April Fool's joke. I'm not sure. <laughs> but it's a very sober piece. Bill Barr has promised transparency. He deserves the chance to deliver it. Um, and it is certainly worth reading for people who are still sort of disconcerted and are worried and believe there is a deep, uh, not a deep state conspiracy. That's the other people. That's the QAnon <laughs> bunch. Um but believe that Trump is truly guilty saying, and is somehow compromised I wish Aaron would just ruin more.
1: everything and be like, so. QAnon's true.
0: <laughs> and just like, drop that. I am, that, drop
1: I am that. Q. Yeah. I, do, I
0: do love, I'm I do tempted, love that, that. I'm tempted, actually.
5: I'm actually tempted. Honestly, I, again, again, competing honestly. Competing conspiracy theories. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm going to be fully transparent. I do think they're, you know, the, the Trump and, and his Republican allies will use to their advantage the fact that they have the Senate they, and they're going to appoint uh, uh, a, a special counsel, poss- possibly in the DOJ and I do think there is shady stuff that they will uncover hmm. about the uh uh the um the, the origins of, of this investigation, which are not on the up and up. Maybe. Right? And, and they'll use that for their partisan advantage. I, I,
0: I've suspected that there would be sort of more competing investigations. And we've even talked about it on the, on the podcast. But what's happened in the past, like two weeks since the bar memo is he took his victory lap and he immediately suggested that, well, Republicans should prioritize the one thing that they've never actually been able to develop a coherent <laughs> plan for. And they should make that the principal thing that they talk about from now until the end of the election. We're going to run on fucking health care. <laughs> Because <laughs> Republican healthcare will win us the White House. Yes. And he's had to backtrack on it because it was the stupidest fucking idea. <laughs> dumbest. Imaginable. <laughs> they, so I don't know if they'll actually do the investigations Fair enough. because Fair enough. He has no guy. idea what he's doing, Fair enough. which is all the more reason to know people that yeah. the Russian collusion conspiracy—if <laughs> it was a thing—we would know. Yeah, because he has no idea. Yeah, he's he's the,
1: he's the Kim Philby of our generation. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's the sort of you know game show host that became you know Burgess McLean and Philby. No, I mean it is the at the end of this. We can say it, and we say it. I promise. Probably, probably every episode is that he's just a kind of a dumb guy. That he is. I'm sorry. He's just not a smart guy.
5: Also, his team's is not he, very impressive. His
1: team is. He is. But
5: don't you think politically he's got some chops in terms of what he was able to capitalize Absolutely. on during the campaign? He freestyled his whole campaign. I think. May seem more about the voters than the it money. Does, which, I think it's right. Which yeah. seems pretty impressive to me. It, I mean, as is, much as I, I, think I love think
1: Camille's it. point is, is true, though, is that he's just an oaf and he's doing shtick. I mean, people tend to forget that he's just a comic, basically. And he's up there, like, making fun of people. And he's like, man, this is hitting. And he keeps going. And then the, the
3: people are giving him more and more support. He was literally doing In, his WWE shtick <laughs> And it kept working. <laughs> kept working. And MSNBC and CNN and spear, FR, everybody, everybody him. just gave him free spare time. And, that's, and, that's, and yeah, when I say still,
5: it was still off the dome, he sure, was no, still no, free sure, yeah. Like accidental I have ge- to accident- that. I Accidental, you. Right. accidental I have genius. You so, so, so. think it was totally accidental that, that there was no political savvy there? No, no, no.
3: I
0: mean, I think, I mean he I, understands people. I think yes. that, that much is fair. But, but, but as I said, this says more about the voters. And perhaps, now I'm going to perhaps build a bridge too far. I was reading H.L. <laughs> Mencken's um, Notes on Democracy, I think is the book, recently. And damn it. Seriously, people. Like, this is what you put your faith in? Mm. I can't.
1: I think that, I think that's a great note
0: to end on. The one, and
1: I'll end on like my one positive thing I'll say about Donald Trump, because I never say anything positive, is that I've been to a bunch of Trump rallies. I've covered a bunch of them. And um, uh, usually, um, when you go into the arena, especially after he became president, they lock you in, Mm. right? You can't leave. Mm. And so you get stuck in there and you're not shooting anything. You're just like, you know, I'm not doing anything. I'm just watching him. And I realized when I leave that I've laughed a couple times. <laughs> he's he's, funny. Of, he's just kind of funny sometimes. Funny. I'm like, oh, it's a pretty good line. Intentional, like, intentionally. Or not. I, I, I mean, yeah. it, and o- people only remember the kind of master stroke joke was you'd be in jail, that's which so was real. really funny. I mean, it was a funny. I watched that with a bunch of uh, 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 liberals, Democrats, and <laughs> with a, 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 a liberal think tank and there was a panel and I was on it afterwards and I was the only one, everyone else gasped and I was like oh <laughs> shit I was like no you didn't and I, mean,
0: I thought it was funny. It is, it is dark and awful. It's like, dark and talk awful. About, talking about incarcerating mm-hmm. your political Exactly. Party. It's horrible. But it was also funny.
1: But it's funny. It's both things. Because my guiding principle that will ruin my career and ruin my life <laughs> is that as long as it's funny it doesn't matter. That is right? not true. How
4: do you still have a career?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that you think it's I have the, a career. It's the the, the Louis C., the Louis. K theory. I understand. Yeah, but I, like, I'm not saying it's funny to jerk off in front
1: of <laughs> random people. If I you mean, ask for
0: permission, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Still not funny. Can we? <laughs> should right. we finish? Yeah,
1: let's let's finish. Think, let's get let's get that's good. That's
0: actually here. I like that. If you jerk <laughs> off in front of people. Can we finish?
5: Hey, one last thing. Thank, you. Love, Thank you for joining us, Aaron. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I love ending on the note of uh, the the set of Louis C.K. jacking off. <laughs> what a, what a but great way. Asking to for permission. Yes.
0: yes. Wait, wait. I have to do one thing before we leave. What? Motherfucker. I, I talked to Thad Russell on his podcast. We recorded it live at a thing, and it's on the internet now. If you haven't gotten enough, Camille, and who could? because you can never have enough. Go listen to the podcast. Oh, And, and, and,
1: and let's thank the guy who gave us, guy, maybe a, a lady,
0: who gave us the pint glasses. Oh yeah, the pint glasses, which I we did not bring glass. here. Yeah, which are where? I didn't bring here because they're at the office and now I have to go look up his damn name because Moynihan did No,
1: we can shout him out next time. That's fine.
0: Okay. We're just yeah. acknowledging we're, we're, he'll, he'll, him. To get, he'll get a time. half shout but out now yes, and a real one later. I got a, a huge box and it had these these custom the fifth column glasses that were made. It is just a beautiful Wonderful! Yeah, I was um, very impressed by it. Thank you, gift. For someone yeah. to give a token Because of your most of the people
1: who send us, uh, and if Aaron doesn't know this, um, yeah. it, it, people send us booze often. And that's like the, they buy it at the
0: he, gas he station was, on the way. He, home. Was under, <laughs> he, was oh he was underage. He was underage. So he could not send us alcohol. Yes. He, yes. he said so in this beautiful note that he wrote. Was that
1: the guy who emailed that, like the, the
0: DeLillo? There's another Don, guy. Don DeLillo? That was name? another guy. Oh, that was another underage yeah. guy. What are people? The people like the Michael you, Jackson show. We're getting a lot of great listener <laughs> feedback. At least it's not the asshole who emailed us to that? to to chastise us for one not being fucking funny because if he wanted humor, he would go to Joe Rogan. And two, yeah. being, yeah. being intellectual cowards who were unwilling to talk about the most important issue when it comes to the Stuyvesant <laughs> high school circumstance. What? Was, was, the the was, Stuyvesant <laughs> high school circumstance yes. where 75% of the students are Asian and like yeah. only 8% are black. which But the thing that we didn't talk about in that <laughs> conversation was? is race and IQ. Yeah. That's the uh, obvious uh, yeah, point odd. that yeah. was missed there. And the reason we didn't go there is because we're cowards. Yeah. That is what he
1: said. Well, I, just want, to I just want to address him and say that you we are funny and you don't have a sense of humor because you're a racist. And the second thing is I do want to point out that I did measure Camille's skull
2: before this episode.
0: And it's and it's bigger than yours, you dumb fuck. I've got a great head. It's a good ad. Look Ooh. at my head. Look at the size of my head. Yeah, no, I actually but- did respond to his email. I sent him a detailed email, which I closed by saying, you racist, fuck you. fuck. Sincerely, yeah, fuck, fuck you. you. Yeah, fuck um, you. Yeah, I we said other things, yeah. too. Maybe I'll read it next yeah. time we, we do this podcast. Yeah. But seriously, to that guy...
3: The, the, the Next the time way, I'll say your name, scumbag. It, we, might, you. we might need to introduce two minutes. hate every once in a while, yeah, yeah fine. that's the unambiguous
0: phrase. Any, anyone way. who you would like to say "fuck you" to Aaron? That's this yeah. is opening Any gentle words that you'd like to extend to I'm Marcy? Good. I, you know, Can we bring did, the two of you I, together?
5: I did think it was amazing that one of your fans had to remind you guys that it was your own anniversary. Yeah. (laughs) yeah,
3: Yeah.
5: Yeah.
0: It's the drinking. There you go. It's the drinking. drinking Damn it. One more thing. One more thing. Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye. Oh, yes, please, please. Marvin Gaye had a birthday this week. He also, the, the anniversary of his death was the day before. He was killed by his father. You know this. Tragic story. Marvin Gaye is a remarkable, incredible talent. This quote, unquote, lost album, which is not, in fact, a lost album in the sense that all of the songs on the album have been released in various other contexts. Remarkable. You should listen to it. He is an incredible virtuoso talent. I've heard him described as a great black musician that is a qualified endorsement and needs no qualification. He is perhaps the greatest vocalist in the history of mankind. And to call him the greatest black vocalist is a demotion dummy. The national anthem. can watch Oh my that god, way. it's great!
1: The, the NBA, NBA, NBA All Star game. Oh, it's, my god. Yeah. There's,
3: there's no other Ooh. national anthem needed. Ooh. The entire "What's Going On" album Ooh. should be lauded far more than Sergeant Pepper's is. Which also, is around the same time, if, if, and,
0: if, if anybody cared to like pay attention, I mean, he would totally get his legacy canceled for some me too shit. He was sure, really, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really yeah. awful motherfucker to his to Janet. Was, was he
4: smelling hair? Uh,
0: dude, it was so much Smell- worse hair. than smelling hair. So much worse. Yeah, um, and and it euphemism. really is. It's like it's dark and awful. And I get so much joy from Marvin's music. But I do. I listen to it. And I think about just how uh, the, the divided soul, I think, is the the title of one of the autobiography or one of the biographies that's written about him. That's right. Um, and it, he was tortured and he could be awful and miserable. But the quality of the art, the output that this man gave us is just Incredible. You listen to this, these songs, him crooning about oral sex or whatever it is. And it's still remarkable. The man is the man himself is an instrument and the shit that he did is legendary. And you should do yourself a favor and go listen to it. As I've been doing for the past several days, and so I'm, I'm going to say to listeners that we're remarkable. going to talk about
1: this next time. I'm going to force us to talk about this. Good, um, because um, I did see something online, a, a a tweet that was responded to by many, many people about separating the artist uh, from their arts. Mm in saying that this was something that only privileged
0: Fuck that. people could that's, do. That's, that's I bogus. disagree.
1: That's bogus. Because I enjoy a lot of people whose both politics I hate, whose personal... I mean, I don't think my politics agree with anybody whose records I buy. I mean... You know, we were about to talk about Nicaragua and we didn't because we're smart people. Thank God. Uh, but I, I will listen to Sandinista on the way home. Like, <laughs> it, it should have been two records and not four, yeah. but it's still <laughs> two a great and a half, record. Two and yeah, yeah, two and a half. And, you know, great uh, anti imperialist songs like The Call Up. Uh, you know, it's up to you not to eat the call up. But next time, let's talk about that. Amen. Okay? Let's Amen. get out of here. All right. Bye. 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 We, we, we know
2: of new methods of attack. The
0: fifth column, 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 column. I don't want to turn too sharply away from this, and maybe maybe this isn't this isn't the right pivot to make right now. I don't want to turn too sharply away from this. This this perhaps isn't the right pivot to make right now, but. Um. The did you just skip? Yeah, he just no, he, he skipped. Fisher coughed, so I was talking oh, wow. so I could cut it right, God, very fucking smooth. Uh, yeah, until I, you guys.
5: I my, my shoulder. I my... totally <laughs> didn't hear the cough. Sorry, I,
1: I didn't hear the cough, and I expected a harder pause, see a little more this? space. Go ahead. I mean, I'm here. I'm trying crowd. to do my thing. That's a Mike. tough
5: crowd. That's a tough
0: crowd. It,
1: it comes go. through. I do the editing.
5: It
0: glitches a lot. This one. Jesus Christ! I mean, this is what I deal with. This no. is what I deal with. God, you poor thing. Now I have <laughs> to try to remember what the hell I just said so I you can were trying get to a smooth it, not, a pivot. You were to not pivot. a pivot. Not a pivot. Mike Gravel. Yeah. I don't want to create too much of a uh, of a hard pivot necessarily, but it, it does seem like there is uh, a connection here between...